I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jump in there. Get in that sack, baby. Get in my sack, son. Well, I'm just cleaning out the garage here, making some room for the old boat. What do you think, Dean? As long as you're here, you want to give us a hand? Yeah, Dino. Huh? Dino. Dino, I'd love to, Mr. Anderson, but I just remembered... <coughs> <coughs> I'm allergic to uh, dust and cardboard boxes. What is it with you Indians anyway? This is Film Sack. Sure. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Film Sack. This is Film Sack, episode 357, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind. I'm Scott Johnson, joined by Brian, dashboard coffee test done away. Ooh, it's hot. It's so hot. Oh, hi. Hi. This week's film hack inspired me to start my own fanfic teleplay called License to Lose. <laughs> where Grandpa Anderson has to fight the DMV in order to keep his license. That's right. License to Lose will most likely be a senior citizen adventure film starring Corey Feldman as a cantankerous old grandpa who must prove he can still drive after his dick's son-in-law reports him to the DMV (laughs) due to a controversial diagnosis of moderate dementia and results in his license being revoked. He's crazy. Hilarity ensues as Grandpa Feldman tries to get frisky with his DMV examiner in the backseat of his caddy. Oh, Grandpa. You can't drive in the back seat. <laughs> Further hijinks follow when Grandpa Feldman tries to order a vanity plate from a high-tech kiosk, but discovers that Grandpa is already taken. Sure, he tries Grandpa 1, Grandpa rules, Grandpa with those two at symbols for A's, all taken. That is, until he wallops the monitor with a cane. Bingo! Also, if Grandpa Corey wants to improv running over a couple of pedophiles, well, that's all right, too. <laughs> Ooh, look Coming at you. Coming to it. Look at you right? bringing it current, dude. I like it. Right. Well done. Coming to a theater or not near you yeah. or not. Are we going to get to a point where uh, where they allow us to put at symbols in our vanity license plates? Oh, Probably. gosh, oh, no. Goodness. No way. Probably not. No way. Hashtag. To, How about hashtags? I can't wait to hashtag my license plate. It's going to be awesome. You might. You know, maybe pound signs are already a thing you can do. I don't know. No. No, no way. No? 
right. Oh, oh I think it might be because I think I remember seeing uh. like sales number one or something like that. Number one mom. I'll uh. bet you. I'll bet you you can put a hashtag. Yeah, that's unfortunate, isn't it? Um, <laughs> hashtag, hashtag suck my tailpipe. Exactly. I can't wait for it. Also with us today, Randy. He likes to cut his booze limes on the dashboard. Jordan. Aloha, Scott. Brian. Brian. Hi. And thank you for applying for your license to podcast. Let me quickly walk you through our very professional procedure. First, you're going to take a test that covers what you studied. I hope you didn't sleep through the podcast class, but we're strangely uh, uncaring about whether you pass your primary exam because we just want to get you alone with the dad from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and berate you. I don't think that rather was than, him, but go, keep rather going. Rather than ask you to come back again tomorrow, we're going to threaten you and scare you and risk public safety, all for reasons we can't articulate. And then we're going to go to the trouble of giving you the license to podcast that you want so much just to take it back and destroy it in front of you. Nice. This is so ridiculous that this is probably a dream sequence too. Wake up. Now experience a reality that's equally as ridiculous. Christopher Nolan, here's your inspiration for 20 years later. <laughs> Very nice. So uh, a quick irony thing before we get to yeah. end it. You, uh, the, that, that is not the actor who played the Fresh Prince dad. I know you know that. But ironically, the song playing in the background of that car sequence yes. is a Fresh Prince uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff concoction. Jazzy, jazzy. So nicely done. You, gotta, you wrapped it all up in a big bow there. That was perfect. Wrapped. Perfect. Uh, Wrapped also, it like a Will Smith song. Indeed. Also with us, and finally, Brian, he always dreamt of locking Heather Graham in a trunk gibbet. <laughs> Welcome to your 1988 driver's exam. <laughs> Question number one. What is the greatest character name in this movie? A. Mercedes Lane. B. Les Anderson. C. Tina Crapper. <laughs> C. Correct. Question two. If you push on the gas pedal and nothing happens, what should you do? A. See if you're out of gas. B. Make sure the engine is running. C. Try another gear like reverse. C. 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 Correct. Question number three. What country is Carol Kane's accent from? A. Something Eastern European. B. Where whatever weird country Latka and Balki are from. Yeah. Or C, Manhattan. She's just <laughs> Jewy. <laughs> I like B, but I think uh, C is going to be the answer. C, it's C. Yeah. It is C. Very good. Good job with you. Oh, you passed. Well uh, here's, your, here's your card. Have we? And if we didn't, will you swear at me with the F word as if you're a DMV person that's in charge of all of the DMV? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Please Don't do that. F with the you DMV. Yeah, please do that. Um, it's uh, License to Drive, everybody. We finally got around to this thing. The two Corys back together since uh, Dream a Little Dream was the last one. Right. That we did. Right. Yeah. And we also saw the uh, saw Lost Boys. Lost Boys movie. Oh, yeah. right. I keep forgetting they had. So was that the three? That's the trifecta? Or was there other things they did together? Oh, there's others. There's oh, like seven films. Oh, really? Seven films seven, they were in together? Seven years worth of this, right? Really? They film almost every year. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I really, if you would have asked, I said, no, you just three. License to Drive. The- Right. Here we go. Here comes the list, boys. Okay. It's the Lost Boys. License to Drive. Dream a Little Dream. Blown Away. National Lampoon's Last Resort. Dream a Little Dream 2. Two. Yes, that actually exists. What? <laughs> what? And then 
And then we're stop we're stopping with the movie Busted, which uh, I've, no one's ever heard of. They were also in a bunch of uh, television shows together, and they made cameos together. Yeah, I mean they were <clears throat> lifelongers, man. Those two were joined to the yeah. hip. Uh, the Dream a Little Dream Two came out in '95. It was directed to video, and they were in this. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so theatrical releases. It's just licensed to drive Lost Boys and Dream a Little Dream, right? Yeah, <laughs> seems like. Yeah, we're. We're we're expecting that National Lampoon's Last Resort never showed on a screen bigger than small enough to fit in the back of an airplane seat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well said. I, I think. remember. I remember the days when putting National Lampoon's at the beginning of your movie title meant something. Yeah. Right. When it right. carried some weight. You actually thought you were going to get something good, like the the Griswolds were like on an vacation, adventure or something. Right. Sure, yeah. but not anymore, man. Van, House. Van Wilder was the last one that was actually stood up with any type of National well, Lampoon, right? Was it good, uh, though? Was Van it? Wilder's amazing. Really? Van yeah. Wilder is like Classic. top three National Lampoon's films. Um, that surprises yeah. me. For some reason, I'm, I'm I, had in my head, I had in my head that that one got... You know, no one liked it, but maybe I, I'm wrong. Oh no, that was really, and that was uh, old Ryan Reynolds' first, uh, right, right, first, uh, first time that I really remember seeing him in a film. Uh, yeah, breakthrough role, yeah, mm. yeah. Well, there you go then. Who knew? Who I made was, that and film. I guess Animal House isn't called National Lampoon's Animal House, but it is a National Lampoon, right, thing. Uh, I just counted yeah. them, and there's 22 films that have National Lampoons above. The oh title. wow, really? Wow, Two. really? Yeah, that's a lot. I, I know watched... all the vacation films, except Vegas Vacation isn't called National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation, but, it, but all the but other it, ones are. It does it is in the twenty two? Sure, oh, it sure. is. Okay. So okay. I watched I watched a documentary about National Lampoon. I forgot the name of it. Um, Drunk, stoned, brilliant, dead. That's the one, and I enjoyed the <laughs> heck out of that. That was a really good time. I enjoyed that documentary quite a bit. But uh, yeah, I forgot how much stuff they they kind of had their hands in, like things that weren't necessarily National Lampoon branded, but that were all the writers or all the people mm-hmm. that were doing National Lampoon stuff. And I'm looking at Animal House 78 original poster. It did have National Lampoon's on it, but I don't remember that being there. But there it is, Brian. Yeah, oh, right wow. There. And, oh, and they marketed it. It's according to which, mar- which marketing you got. Now, when it was originally released, I think you mostly only saw Animal House, but they've remarketed it and resold it as National Lampoon. They oh, kind of they? Okay. Back, back and forth. Oh, yeah. I, I, that's way, crazy. I don't remember that at I, all. But anyway, whatever. I only counted 22 films that that may have actually appeared in theaters. There's a ridiculous number of oh, like, oh, sure. Uh, sure. like movies you just never even heard of. Well, that's like, the thing they didn't get into in that documentary is what are they now? Are they nothing yeah. now? Are they just... They're a, sold, right? They've been sold several times, right? Isn't that the yeah. thing? And they do not make things now? They don't make new new things as far as we know like i don't think they do I think oh they still make yeah, you, uh, year, 2015 like 2000... oh. uh, drunk stone brilliant dead the story well, that's, of, well, that's uh, the, that's the, the that's documentary the, right right, yeah, right. but the magazine the magazine ended like 20 years ago sure but movies that are that are with their branded name on them i don't think they do those anymore it just no, seems it like, like a... 2004 might have been the last one. Uh, Let's see. Well, 2013 uh, national lampoon presents oh. surf party National yeah Lampoon's there's one in 2008 Snatch. the great american Rent. No. by okay. the way in looking for this um it's funny in imdb it'll tell you episodes of tv shows that that mention it of course and uh season one episode 46 of at the movies with siskel and ebert back in 1982 where nice. they reviewed national lampoon's vacation class staying alive crawl and a star is born <laughs> wow nice. what That's a great. lineup man this is like a film sack yeah speaking of siskel and ebert <laughs> you guys should hit up the license to drive review oh yeah man 
Yeah, it's, did they it's, do a it's, review it's on this? I, yeah, absolutely. And oh, uh, I guess they on, yeah. yeah, on one side is like the most hate you've ever heard for a, a movie, and the other side is a little bit of, eh, like part of it. I, that's where I'm at. See, it's funny because I could see Ebert hating it, and yeah. I could see Siskel, right. you know, saying, "Oh, it's got a certain charm because of those two Corys. They're funny, <laughs> but you know, it's." <laughs> Is that what it's you think? So be, you think it's not going to be so, a level of star is born, Roger. Yeah. So which which do you think Siskel <laughs> likes? You think? And, I think Siskel uh, liked it. I think Ebert hated it. I think he would be up absolutely and... backwards. Because really? that's what I used to think too. Siskel hated it. Yeah. He said, oh, wow. if I see one more dumb car <laughs> joke, as a matter of fact, they declared uh during that uh during that episode, they said they declared the car joke officially done. There was no humor. <laughs> In any type of car jokes. Well, wow. has that upheld? You put a, you know, what was the joke? Uh, can't believe you can get a Mercedes into a into a Cadillac into a, truck a, or something. I think it's mostly talking about chase scenes. Oh, kind of like sort of humor right. in and, chase. Scenes. And oh, it went off a, uh, you know, off of a ramp, a highway ramp, and it crashed down here, and it's still running, and now all the hubcaps are rolling off. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I just, I just want to say. Uh -oh. <laughs> I want you to say it too, more than anything. <laughs> that was really funny timing. Yes. Yeah. I just want to say, Bloop, and then he's completely muted. I just got something to say. <laughs> Randy, pause. Did, did sound like he, Skype out. Sounds like he yanked a cable out or something. Is what it sounded like. Randy, you there? Do you exist? Are you part of the world still? Are you there? No. Randy. All right. Great. While he's uh, replugging things in, I have a th I have a I have a thought here, a thing to say. Oh, you know what? I can't go. I, I have to play this before I forget to stop or forget to do it. Do you guys know? You guys know uh, the Talking Dead. You, you heard of the yeah. Talking Dead, right? It's a oh, podcast yeah. there. Uh, now there's two Talking Deads. There's the original rad, always been good uh, audio podcast that started uh, way back. And then the TV thing came along, Hardwick and those guys, and they're like, hey, we should make a show called The Talking Dead. That's original. They didn't bother to even look. So uh, they're not affiliated necessarily, but the audio show has been around forever. And um, the other day, it was pointed out to me by a fan, and uh, I heard it as well, that they mentioned us. Oh. And uh, in a very unique and, and interesting way. So... If we think we don't have any reach with some of the weird uh, things we do here on our film sackisms, for lack of a better term, right. uh, then you'd be wrong. Because check this out. I'm going to play this for you. Uh, it goes right. like this. Hold on. Here we go. Uh, I assume you know. Do you think Rick will do anything about that, or just leave the baby? No, there, there, there's no way they're leaving the baby, Jason. I mean, <laughs> you've said a million times that there is no way they were are ever going to kill a baby on this show. Leaving that baby is just as bad. You think they would, you don't think that they would chicken a bucket that baby? Uh, what? They would what a bucket? <laughs> chicken a bucket. You've listened to Film Sack, right? Oh, not for years. Uh, the term chicken the bucket, like uh, you remember the movie Wild Wild West? Yeah. Right at the beginning, Will Smith is in this big water uh, tank, uh, treating it like a hot tub with this, uh, this hot chick. Okay. And then Will Smith leaves. And the hot chick is just left in the bucket. So Film Sack used this term as a character or person in the movie or TV show that is just forgotten about. They're in a situation and they're just like never heard from again. So that's where I, I use the phrase, chicken the bucket, this baby. Uh, Film Sack's still good. You should go back to listening to it. 
Yeah, see, there you go. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Nice. nice. Agreed. Nice little what toss What can we out. do to bring you back? What can we do? Well, uh, <laughs> who knows? I, I want to know. I also want to know what we can do to get uh, our audience to lo- watch these movies. Yeah. I'm like, I'm more and more convinced that nobody actually watches the movies. <laughs> I there, think yeah. I think there's a there's a small and vocal part of the community that don't watch the movies and and announces that very proudly on Twitter yes. and in Facebook. But I think there's I would say a majority of our listeners watch the movies that that we watch. I agree. And you don't always have to. You don't have to watch the movies. No. In fact, they went right. on. I didn't record it, but it, they went on in this conversation to say it's not like you have to watch every movie they they discuss. He says if it's one where you're like, oh, I haven't seen that, or oh, that's one I'm super interested in, or I would like to revisit it, sure. But it's not like you have to go. Oh, uh, freaking Mortal Kombat 2 Annihilation. Let's all get the popcorn and gather around the TV, family. <laughs> like, you don't have to. You can still have fun. So, yeah, it, right. either way, uh, it was just nice to hear that and, and those guys. Totally. Yes. Rad. And <clears throat> one last thing, yeah. just to just to stave off the emails that we're uh, inev- inevitably going to get. Mm. Uh, the uh, DMV allows ampersand, number sign, hashtag, oh. question mark, dollar sign, forward slant, equal sign, asterisk, plus sign, and yes, the at sign on your what, license plate. What? Wow. How, how many Which of those DMV can you use? This? Because... I need to. I need to <laughs> you make wanna, a Charlie you have a Brown license plate, right? That looks like a, a swear right. comic book swear. A swear comic yeah. book. Swear. I want that. I thought the same thing, and good, they have in luck. the rules. Personalized plates require at least letter, at least one letter or one number. So oh. as long as you have a letter in there somewhere, right? Like yeah. begin it with the letter F, and then have ampersand dollar sign hashtag. I, I'm just no saying. Way. I am about to go get my license plate customized, and it's going to be like a WoW player named Legolas. Yeah. With the... right. Yes, do it. What with an at sh- sign for yeah. the A. With and, all of them. Yeah. That, like, I've, I've seen people named Legolas, and there wasn't an actual letter in the in the name. You know. So can I use an asterisk, do you think, or is that off the yeah. table? Yeah, asterisk. Okay. Believe, I, I'm amazed by some of these. Colon, period, dash, comma, apostrophe, double quotes. All of these are acceptable. Really? Yes, but you don't ever see him. I need to see more of this. I got to see more of this. This is crazy. I couldn't believe in the film. They expected me to believe that Grandpa, grandpa would be available. Got the vanity plate, Grandpa. Grandpa, yeah, in, in California. Right. Yeah, in, right. California. in California. That's the thing. He's, if it had been in Iowa, I would have been okay with it. Sure. Well, it's it's uh, he's really old, and it's like Twitter. As long as you get there first, you can get whatever. So do you, <laughs> he's kind of wait around for for the previous grandpa to die. You just kind yeah, of like just, wait him out. Just, he's just that old that as soon as they announce vanity plates were available, oh, nice. I'll get one for my Cadillac. Yeah. One day I'm gonna be really old, and I'm gonna be known as Grandpa. And I'm gonna own it. <laughs> I remember, I remember being a kid in the '80s, a teenager in the '80s, and thinking. Every grandpa looked like the way this guy looked. They all looked yeah, like yes. Bob Hope, about to retire yeah, all, Bob Hope, basically. They all got the high-waisted pants. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah right. he, he fit right into my <clears throat> my previous image of what a grandpa in the 80s looked like, and uh, they, they kind of nailed that. But uh, License to Drive is a weird movie because I went into this expecting the way I felt after uh, Dream a Little Dream. I thought I was just not going to like it, that I wasn't going to like the tag team between the Corys, uh, that none of this was going to land for me. And weirdly, I came out on the other side, kind of enjoying this movie more than I thought I would. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call this, you know, the 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 un unsung John Hughes of the generation film or any of right. that. Not even close. But it's a little more fun and um, I don't know, teen escapism than I thought it was going to be. And I should mention, this is the first time I've seen it. I didn't see it back in the day. No, Yay, I've never, yeah, me never too. seen this either. Yeah. yeah. So this is new for have, me. Can we have a give me a trip Wait. alert though for what you just brought up? Oh hell yeah. 
it's a free range children movie. That's right. <laughs> it's a free range children movie. Yeah. And there's no cops to be found. Yeah. And well, parents just sleep through all everything all the time. Yeah. And all, wow. by the way, the, the cops that do show up are, are uh, listen, I have never been pulled over and had a person into my trunk ever in my life. Okay. So I can't say <laughs> I've had exact experience with this, but if there right. is a young girl in the back of my trunk or in the back of my car in the trunk, seemingly almost like maybe dead because she's so drunk and passed out and a cop mm-hmm. opens it they, they don't just now, go now what's what, this now now what you're you bringing doing? up you're bringing up my favorite least favorite thing about the movie mm. which is the fact that women in this movie are either <laughs> drunk and ready to be sexually assaulted or pregnant that's it right. those are your two what do you choices mean, what do you mean ready to be sexually the, the Corey feldman is like uh snapping polaroids of uh yeah flash, you know, that real that whole scene made me very down. uncomfortable very yes, very uncomfortable too. and there was there was an uh, innocence about this that I don't. Okay. It, it is. It is a two. It's a double-edged sword because there's an innocence about it because it's like, okay, we're not really doing anything that bad. We're just having a good time, and they never really approach any type of sexual intercourse. Okay, they okay, okay. only I don't wanna, briefly play with ideas. I, I know you don't. You don't want to be on that side of a strange debate, but I mean, in the eighties, in the eighties, <laughs> we. We we weren't innocent of things like this, right? Like I mean, it's not the like, film. Well, the film was only, innocent. I'm not saying the '80s were innocent. I'm saying this film well, that's played a, well, and that's what aloof. you try to that's what you try to get with the free range children trope, right? Like right. they don't know better. Right, they're right. just kids. well, it is it is the adults are dumb, children are smart and funny yeah. and can get away with anything. By the way, one quick thing about the police, they uh, here's your chick in the bucket. They still have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Les's um, yep. library card with his name on it, so right. they can they can say, "All right, now that we've done that, uh, got that riot dealt with, let's go after this kid who had this a was... woman in the trunk and right. was driving without a See, license." This is, this is from an adult perspective. To me, I was I was trying to work myself into my 16 year old belief system from '88 when I was watching this, and I'm like, when he uh, when when he was found out that he had failed his driver's test, the written part, mm-hmm. I was like, just run, dude, just run. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. I mean, even if you ran, they'd be able to catch him. But that's not what you think when you're 16. You're like, if you can oh. just get out of this, if you can just have a situation that trumps this situation, no one will come back. No, and, you're and right. So you're right. As soon as the guy says, oh, here, congratulations. Here's your driver's license. Oh, somebody wants yeah. to talk to you. you uh, no, thanks. That's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go now. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I agree that what you're saying is true of the mind of a 16 year old. But what the, the thing that really bugged me about that backseat thing with Corey Feldman, the camera and, and Laura Graham or what's her name? Mm-hmm. Heather, Heather, Heather Graham. Heather Graham. I always say Laura Graham. I know, but Lauren Graham is awesome, too. Yeah, she's good, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, is that it's it's. I mean, part of the problem is if you're a teenager in 1988 when this comes out and you go see this thing, the the concern would be, I'm not saying it's 100% founded, but the concern is that kids are watching this going, oh, yeah, that's a thing I'd do if I had her in the back of my Like, you're, you're, you're kind of you're perpetuating an idea that is look, actually super violating. Most Hey, yeah. look, look, most of us, most of us, and I'm not sure about this current generation because I can't speak to it, but during the 80s, I got to say, most of us were virgins at 16, okay? Most of us were virgins at 17. Look, it was a couple just, of us were virgins at 22. Well, I just would like to right. point out. This, and this movie, this movie does play kind of loose with their ages. It, it Obviously, it's letting you know that the main character is 
15 turning 16. But everything else is kind of like Heather Graham is presented as a bit of an older mm-hmm. teenager. And, you know, like you, you never get any real sense of whether they're all in the same class and this kind of thing. And that works for it because, like, he's mentioned as having a, 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 a twin sister, right? Mm-hmm. But, Which uh, like, weird. she's clearly dating an older guy. And, and that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's just, <laughs> right. it, it, it doesn't Carl. give you many details. And it, so it lets you kind of fit to whatever your expectations are, yeah. which is which is smart. But the movie is not that smart. Like, right. it's sure. a really about, dumb movie. Yeah, <laughs> Can we talk about dumb. Carl for a minute? Grant's. Heslov, he's oh, yeah, been yeah, in right. so many things. Wait, wait, wait. Who's he? The, bro- yes. the brother? The boyfriend. Yeah. No, no, no. The boyfriend he was... of the sister. Yeah, oh, he's oh, Carl. oh, that yeah. guy. Yeah, Car- okay. communist, communist Carl. You don't remember? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, that, I that was... name, boy, that name was subtle. Yeah. Right. right. Well, so was Mercedes Lane, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, right. this movie was definitely not <laughs> subtle with the name. Right. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. What's his deal? I've seen him in a million things, but I couldn't place he's it while I was watching it. I think he's the main bad guy in True Lies, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. Oh. <laughs> like he's been so many things over the years. Oh, uh, that's who this Iraqi, is. Uh, he was yeah, such yeah. a kid in this that I just could not. Yeah. It was it was familiar, but I just could not place it. Uh, I'm showing the video here for people who are watching the video version. Yeah, he's like in True Lies, Argo, Monuments Men, Good Luck, Good or Good Night, Good Luck. Like that guy's a that guy's all over Where the did, freaking place. He, he was is, totally yeah. all over my '80s TV. I recognized him instantly. He goes all the way back to Joni Loves Chachi, Family Ties, Happy Days, <laughs> really? you know Castle of McCormick. Wow. Oh my he's, god, look at that! Yeah, he's he's so like uh, typecast, like stereotyped. Oh, yeah, and yeah. the guy the guy was born and raised in Los Angeles. He's not like you know what I'm saying. He, they they didn't go they didn't go find him in. Iran to play an Iranian gee, later in right, life. Just, right. Gee, what are you saying? I mean, <laughs> I find that hard to believe with the casting of the 80s. Well, well no, there. it's funny because, I mean, if you look at his character names yeah. throughout the 80s and even into the 90s, he's playing, you know, lab technician and yeah. <laughs> Mitchell and Rick and Buddy. And it isn't until True Lies, oh, Faisal. But now we're going to like, let's, yeah. let's uh, cast him as every stereotype terrorist. Yeah, in uh, dangerous in dangerous curves. The same year he was named Wally Wilder. Like <laughs> he's, he's made a career, man. He's yeah, made yeah. A career Rick. Yeah, <laughs> I, his name is Rick and something. I really I did like how tidy the movie is. Yeah. Like as soon as he appears to take the sister on a date, you know they're going to intersect with yeah Corey Haim later. Like there was no doubt about that. They, sure. They didn't have. They didn't like loose ends. I, I think there were a couple, but they were really, really minor. This this film is this really self-contained story that's basically the story of destroying a car slowly overnight. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which and once it, it really escalates because yeah, because yeah. it 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 goes from you know that. And I remember being okay. This movie captures something really well, which is the experience as a teenager of trying to get a license and the experiences of a teenager with your first car. I mean, it is so spot on for that because you could literally walk up to a car that was your first car and see a scratch from 12 feet away. You would oh, instantly yeah. recognize it. Oh yeah. And so yeah, sure. it, from watching that yeah. little scratch and then, Oh my God, I was literally, I did not think I was invested in this movie at all. Cause I was just kind of like halfway <laughs> watching. But by the time the drunk guy is driving grandpa's caddy, I am, oh. I am yelling at the screen. Yeah. Stop. Every, know, please, every side swiping the, the uh, concrete yeah. wall and 
every time yeah, I, I mean, see every like they go through a bunch of uh, uh, pylons and things like that way early on that don't seem yeah, to cause yeah. any damage to the car until <laughs> yeah like that jump off the freeway thing come on man that thing should have right, right. should have but all you need apparently all you need is a rubber mallet and Corey Feldman <laughs> and you can make the hood not only look you know like right. it's been tapped wow. out but like completely so, waxed and perfectly yeah, so, so he is apparently the greatest dent remover ever. <laughs> His, he should go right into a career of like exotic dent removal. This yeah. kid. And you know, that set me up because his dent removal was so good. I was convinced I knew where the story was going. I was like, okay, yeah. so yeah, they're going to take it back to Feldman's house yep. Yep. and right. you know, they're going to repair everything and the parents going to be none the wiser. They played it totally different. Mm-hmm. Totally different. Yeah, they did. I, uh, Something I was going to say about him uh, or about that whole thing, and I forgot what it was. Oh, I know what it was. Every time I see a sh- uh, movie, and it can be planes, trains, and automobiles. It can be this. It can be anything where the car is getting destroyed yeah, and s- kind of slowly or over time, yeah, and you're really frustrated with, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe he just did that to the window. Okay, well, at least it's just the window. Oh, shit, now the undercarriage, you know, like you, that right. slow yeah. degradation of the car. Always, always without fail, I have this vivid memory of me and a friend uh, will not use names, walking through a parking lot of a mall and he saw a, like a, just a sports car. I don't even remember what it was, like a really nice, maybe it was even vintage, like a vintage Mustang, like a 53 Mustang or something rad like that. Right. It wasn't and, a Ferrari with Heather Graham sitting in the passenger. No, it wasn't money. like that, although okay. he may okay. have done it, but he <laughs> resented it so much that somebody would have such a cool car. <gasps> it wasn't double parked. It wasn't weirdly <gasps> parked or anything. He t- He would take out his key and he would walk no. past the side of this car and just go grind all the way up the side of the car. And I oh never, I never, it's one of my great regrets because I never knew what to do. I never knew what to do. Yeah. Like it happened yeah. and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess we're still going to the food court and then we'll go to the arcade maybe. And <laughs> That, sir, is the markings of a serial killer. Run <laughs> is what you how it, That's how it starts. <clears throat> but I can't, it's, all, it's like impossible to see anything where a car is being destroyed and not think of that. It, it's like so a weird. What, what is your favorite car destruction movie? Because hmm. I've got to say, well, I think... <sighs> I, it's hard not to go with planes, trains, and automobiles. It really is, I, right? Because I, it's done I, so well, and the and the yeah. the whole delivery of uh, well, uh, right? Uh, none of the gauges are you know, all the gauges are melted, and uh, yeah, yeah. The, but the radio still works. Imagine sure. that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I actually, I I think I have an answer to this. Yes. I think I think it's gone in sixty seconds. The Nick oh, yeah. Cage version. Mm. That's a good where one. all he wants in the world is a is a 73 Mustang and he finally gets his hands on one and then it just gets beaten Slowly. down over time. Yeah, or or as one. it was originally going to be titled kind of fast and sort of furious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of just sli- slightly furious and somewhat slightly fast. furious. Yeah. I was going to say, um, I mean, for me, what? for me, it needs you this element what? of like, it needs this intense element of this needs. Oh, I got it. I got it. Why are yep. we so stupid? This is it. This is the ultimate one. This is it. It's okay. the, it's Cameron's dad's car from Ferris Bueller's yes. Day Off. Oh, that's a good one. That's yes. a really good great one. one. Yes, that's yeah, totally it. One and Blind Date was coming to mind. The the Bruce Willis one where oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh she gosh. just slowly destroys him and the car over the course of the evening. But Freaking no, you got it. Ferris Bueller. For yeah, sure. and that one has all the anxieties with it that I'm talking about. The feeling yes. of oh my gosh, yes. don't hurt this. Oh my gosh, those guys, the valet drivers, took it for a spin. We didn't know it. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> Take it for like a le- yeah. like a, a jump. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and then they put it on. They're like, where all these miles come from? And they put it in reverse, thinking that's going to fix it. And yep. then it spins out of control and flies out of that fancy house they lived in. Like right. it is the ultimate. And oh my gosh, I'm dead. One. My parents are going to kill me. I'm dead. The, Nobody does that better. Ebert got it wrong on that point because I really think. That by the time you get to Tommy Boy, that is some of the funniest car destruction scenes I have seen. <laughs> oh, with the, uh, the the deer and uh... with the deer that wakes up, and maybe because it, it starts <laughs> off very slowly with uh, Chris, you know, Chris Farley, right. like, like uh, leaving his M and M's on the dashboard, and uh, they take a turn, and those M and M's just roll all in down in the heater vents and stuff, and it's like. And this escalates over time. And and the, it's just, uh, right, the that, the that uh, door streaming. door getting knocked off. And yeah. then, what did you right. do? <laughs> yeah, that that's streaming, by the way, and it really it actually holds up. I'm telling oh, you, yeah. it, it's all not that. as it's not as bad as you might hope or fear it is. Oh, but, I don't think Tristan has seen Tommy Boy. I think that's I need to fix that. So no, my, Tommy my Boy. Tommy Boy is it. a weird combination of um, lucky and it, somehow it worked. Like it shouldn't be very good, but it is. Because uh, yeah. there are other efforts that they did, their own little Corey moments of other movies they did together, like that. What's that other one they did? Um, shit. It's a, uh, Black yes. Sheep. Black Sheep is a oh, bad, yeah, bad Sheep. movie. Black Sheep sucks. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks, you guys. I don't know if you've seen Black Sheep in a while, but it sucks. I, oh, it I like that then. movie. I'm going to just stick with I I don't need to rewatch it and find out. I like that movie. I I. It was it was a mainstay for me when I was in like college, yeah. and I just don't want to. I don't want to hear anymore. So this says this right. was directed by Peter Siegel. That can't be the guy from. It, yes, yeah. no, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, it, it's no wait. Yes, no. Yes, it's not that, the guy. It. It's, not, it. it's not the, the way. Wait, wait, don't, don't tell, tell me. me. It can't no, be. No, that's Siegel. You're a totally oh. different guy. <laughs> oh, it's the astronomer <laughs> the, with the turtlenecks. No, stop it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can we? Uh, I also just want to say one more thing about the trope of the car that gets the, the car that gets beaten down but still running in the end. Yeah. Uh, that is that is all over the Fast and the Furious movies. They they use it on at least one car in every movie. Yeah. And right. and mm. the most recent one, they start with it. Mm. Like that. This is the big trope at the very beginning. Uh, Dom is driving some horrible beaten up bucket of bolts against a Ford Fairlane in Cuba. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the whole race is just destroying the car to until he it's literally on fire in the end and then ends up going in the ocean or something. Right. Like it they really like take that to its limits. But anyway. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, this, movie but... asked, this movie asked made me ask a lot of questions about <laughs> visual tropes, possibly oh, like I was gonna car. say plausibility. Yeah. Plausibility. Okay. Okay. What, what right. am I what am I doing with my life? A lot of questions came up during. Uh, I also, during this I film. also think that there is a <clears throat> major MacGuffin in this movie that pissed me off in, from the minute it started to the minute they ignored it. And I'm, I'm still annoyed by this. So here goes. Uh, they get in the car with Will Smith's looking dad, right? right. And he says, "No, you know, it's, it's Will Smith's uncle, and that is that's James Avery." No, yeah. but that ain't the right. That's not the that's right. That's James actor, Avery. Is that the right Philip guy? Banks. It is James yes. Avery. Yeah. Wait James a minute. Avery. From one from one end to the other, James Avery, the uncle Fresh from Prince the Fresh of Bel Air. Wait, that's Banks. not that same guy though. It is. Yes, the same it guy. is. Yes. Oh, you're right. It is. He didn't look like. Never mind. I take it all back. I what I said earlier was wrong. That is that guy. I was sure it wasn't him. Anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. So they're in the thing, okay. and he yeah. says, uh, "If you don't dump my coffee out, then you you pass. If you dump it out, then you whatever. And it's that's fine. Whatever." But he puts right. this coffee down, which, by the way, is the most to the brim possible. <laughs> oh yes, coffee. Right. You can't it is, it move. Is doing that, 
Yeah. Just doing that Jurassic Park jiggle thing. Yeah, Worse yeah, than that, right. like you can't move any direction a centimeter without that thing spilling. There's just exactly, no way to do yes. it. So then he sets that on the dash. And, right. and then the kid yeah. slowly pulls out and he's looking. He's kind of eyeballing the cup and it's sort of not spilling yet. Sloshing just a little bit, but not enough to go over the lip. And and then I see him and all the other escort driving test car kids go down to like a, basically a gutter to get out into the main road. That gutter alone would have tossed that thing to the side. So, yeah, so now that's yeah. fine. Whatever. I'll I'll park my brain on that. Later on, he's trying to be careful. He's going up a hill. Now the thing's only got half the liquid in it. So did it spill or what happened? Because when they showed it again, it's like tipped to the side and he's on that big hill with the old guy behind him. And there's just like half a cup in there. And it, I'm thinking, well, all right, did he already fail? Was it never that much? Is this just a, a inconsistent thing? Yeah, you, he was getting drank. You, okay. are the, you are the Siskel of film set. Because yeah, Siskel he, had three minutes to review this movie, and you and you said the same thing he did. He's, he's continuously drinking it because at the very end of the driving test, when it flips around because he you know yeah. almost runs over the girl, uh, he says, oh, it's all right. You're lucky. I It's already empty. I drank it all. But so. he didn't say that, though. He just said it was empty like it was always empty. He never well, show, He's never shown drinking it, and he well, doesn't. How else would it be if it's, if it's empty? And Corey is passing the test because he didn't spill any. Then what else? What my, other? Here's my explanation. Here's God, my ex- he drank here's it. my explanation for that. I think right. that it is way undercooked for the way they handled all that stuff. And the reason I think that is because you already established that this is a movie where Corey Feldman can have very vivid dreams that seem like Corey they cross. Corey, sorry, Corey Haim. They have very vivid dreams that yeah. cross into reality. Like, oh, I don't know. All the kids are chained up to their feet in a freaking bus. To get right. to school. That happened. That happened. By the way, I wrote, I wrote Plus Five. <laughs> <laughs> right. And all those kids, by the way, are burned horribly. Uh, you know, he was trying to get the bus driver, but all those kids died as well in that massive fireball thing. They where did. He, so, and they never addressed that. Well, mm-hmm. would it have they, killed they were, him? They were better off. Here's my other. Okay. So let's <laughs> let's go with Brian. Let's go with Ibbett's thinking that he drank it. Okay. Well, we just have to assume that he drank it. Yes, if he we drank all assumed it, that. then That's that what means. We all got out of then it. that means that Corey Haim should not have had a moment of complete panic with slow-motion cup flying in the air oh, down to what's-his-name's right. crotch because he would have seen him drink the whole thing! Well, he would have focused on right. that. He was, panicked. he was panicked because he almost ran over. It's a like, shitty, also, shitty scene. It's not and good. And also, it means, that, it means that his driving could have gotten progressively worse through the, throughout the whole test, and yeah. it would have passed because as long as his, his driving was just... Just good enough to not spill whatever was let's, left in that cup. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's face it. This movie played with 16-year-old logic, which was that I, yeah, driving, really. driving, uh, driving, uh, avoiding accidents is a good driver. Being able to spin right. a car around is a good driver. No, a good driver is someone who is courteous and, and uh, follows the rules. That's Defensive. what a good driver is. Right. Right. Uh, the, I'm surprised the plausibility meter didn't go off with the whole uh oh your sister did really well on the test you're related to her yeah, therefore we're going God, to pass I you know. as well <laughs> my eyes were rolling so hard i was like ah yeah <laughs> it was Seems completely plausible sure, sure. yeah sure. Or, it's never happened or the fact ever. that there's a uh, a street the sweeper out at 1 a.m uh when they're you know when it when it yeah, passes was... because they're going so slow it's the 1 a.m street sweeping you know yeah. or 2 a.m <laughs> 2 a.m protests yeah <laughs> Yeah, they, you know, that, that you know whole, how they happen. That sure. whole thing where the government and we're going to do something differently than we always do it is just the stupidest <laughs> thing ever put in film. But 
Um, the you know Scott, the, I I I don't think it was a good movie. Yeah. But I, there's there's all of these little things where people are trying really hard, and it's funny. You know. Oh no! Yeah. Listen, like, like I said, I I think they captured. There's something in the Corey Haim performance specifically that captures the the neuroticism of a 16 year old who is just enamored with a girl and and can't yeah and wants to date this girl so bad but he's kind of a nerd and he doesn't have his license yet and 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 i know this is a little bit different in today's society because i have kids who've gone through this and they don't care as much but when Mm. i was a kid 15 meant i'm about to drive and you were Mm -hmm. stoked and it's all that mattered and you couldn't wait until it was you and not your parents in that car and you're picking your friends up and going to a place and worrying that you're parking wrong and afraid someone's going to key your car or someone's going to egg you as you drive by or whatever. All of those right. things, I think Corey uh, Tame captured that. And, and, and actually, it's really effective. Like, they really got, give this, got, got this, that right for me. So, so right. I, this is not a movie I can walk away from and go, oh, this is terrible. I actually came away liking it way more than I expected to. And I don't think it's, mm-hmm. you know... It's not. Let's give let's give credit to the to the screenwriter because uh, the, the whoever wrote this really got it because I was I was in the same situation I thought as a high school student that in order to get a girlfriend I needed to have a car and not just any car a car that would not be embarrassing and so <laughs> the fact that I couldn't get a car was devastating you blamed all your problems on that fact sure so i feel like this was this was very timely to understand that generation's struggle and put that into a screenplay it's such a it's such a universal uh it's such a universal uh experience of wanting to get your driver's license this hasn't really been addressed much in many movies since but they're about to reboot this with an all-female cast whoa what uh Good. Yeah, so License to Drive is being rebooted uh, with right. a female cast. Oh, it's uh, fine. And I don't, I'm like, why did it take so long? Because this movie only cost $8 million to make, but made over $250 million or something like that. So I'm like, why didn't they ever continue to pursue this? It was a well, financial it success. It might have been that that guy, that actor who played the valet, uh, was yeah, uh, yeah. horribly mm-hmm. uh, uh, sexually molesting Corey Haim. Yes. That might have been part yes. of it. That could be um, part of it. Yeah, this is apparently the so it's, it's we didn't mean to time this like this, but right. no. Corey Feldman's We're, coming out and saying who yeah. was responsible for uh, a lot of the abuse for him, uh, the Haim and other child actors at the time. One of the people they named is this John Grissom guy, not John Grisham, just so people know we're right, not right, the right, wrong right. guy. Uh, he he's this dude that's I guess currently on the run. Like nobody can find this guy, and he's served time for uh, other stuff. But yeah, like he's this movie is one of those times like post Lucas where Haim yet again ran into this thing. Like the more I hear about the way these kids were treated back then, the more I'm like not surprised a that that Haim had that horrible drug problem that ultimately led mm-hmm. to his death or that Feldman is as weird as he is. Cause he right. is, well, he that's... is completely weird now and he's weird in a way that feels like uh, a big block for an awful upbringing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Our, and our yeah, knowledge totally. of this stuff goes back. Our, our knowledge of the depravity of such things goes back to like Judy Garland in the fifties. Sure. And, and it's, it's, Something that we're only, and by the way, if you're listening to this in the distant future, we're recording in late 2017. We're in the middle of uh, this ongoing, almost daily scandal building around powerful men 
sexually assaulting everybody in sight. Yeah, and, it's mostly and, in Hollywood, but not exclusive to. But yes, it's, it's mostly a, going all the way back to the seventies, the revelations from the seventies all the way up to modern. Yeah, and, yeah, stuff that happened last year, even for right. one of the Kevin Spacey accusers. But it's like we, yeah, remember right, right down the time that we're recording this because it is like the purge right now. It's and, crazy, well, and and this movie is the worst for this sub, the subject. Yeah, I uh, well, hate Randy. Just fell out again, but uh, <laughs> to continue his to continue his idea, we had uh, we had actually planned on watching this film. Uh, we had put it on the books almost two or three months ago, and which was prior to to Rose McGowan's uh, mm. Harvey Weinstein, which really kicked all this stuff off. Right, this Me right. Too, uh, and so I actually was excited when we when we put this on because I I loved the 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 you know the two Corys. I loved that time period and watching these silly movies, and I loved it. And uh, I'll tell you, it it made it hard for me to watch License to Drive this time around. Yeah. Uh, because mm-hmm. knowing the abuse and, and all the things that were going on in their personal lives, it, it really it really hurt my viewing this time it around. Did well, me, it, it did me it as well. It depicts the abuse of Heather Graham's character. Yeah, like, I don't like it. Right, right, I hate right. that right. scene. Freaking hated it. It was gross. Yeah, scene. It's Super the whole movie. Well, the whole movie. Yeah, but you know just, what I mean. Like it really, it really handle. ramps up in the back when she's passed out, and and Jimmy Bob yeah. gets the camera, and it's like, okay, all right, guys, let's freaking. And you know what I was? Yeah. Corey Haim is the only. He was the voice of reason in that scene, where he's yes. like, "Oh my gosh, right. dude, put that away." Blah blah blah. And he's freaking out. But ugh, icky. Ooh. Now, would we would we feel as uncomfortable watching the the shower thing, the the Porky's peephole in the shower? <laughs> seen these days i've always felt yes. uncomfortable watching that <laughs> yes absolutely it gets worse always. with every passing day and and so do all of these things that just casually excuse you know sexual assault yeah yeah i don't like it it's all making it's, it feels bad it's just, it just feels bad yeah. now that doesn't mean so, we're saying to everybody that it's wrong for you to be attracted to somebody i got this email yesterday going <laughs> with all this stuff is everyone just telling me it's not right for me to find my girlfriend attractive no, oh you dipshit. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. So shut up. No, but if you get her drunk and then take nude pictures of her, that's that's bad. That's yeah. probably crossing yeah. the line. Just be in a cons- be a nice, consenting, normal person. You weirdos. <laughs> it's it's so weird too. How to a lot of men, the word consent just sounds like the greatest mountain to climb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could never get consent for this thing that I want. Therefore, the world is against me. Also, if you're actively, constantly seeking consent, there's something wrong. In other words, if you're <laughs> if your whole if your whole dating life is just oh, I can't, I got to get consent. Do I have the proper forms? Like, what are you even doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Just like, hey, so can, we, can I stop feeling icky and can we go back to talking about something wholesome? A scene that's very wholesome in this. Do it. Is it Carol? Is it Carol? Found one. Okay. Oh, I actually did find something very wholesome. And Carol Kane eating that, an entire thing of mashed potatoes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. it, it is in that scene because it is. It is the. Uh, it is the sit down dinner that mm. I, I have it partaken in, except like at Thanksgiving. But the nightly ritual of actually sitting down yeah. with your entire family. I'm not sure if. It's just something that my family stopped doing or if it's just something that has faded away. But during the 80s, you literally and and prior to that, you literally could not uh, just get up and leave the table. If mom made you something, you stayed unless Corey Feldman was outside laying on the horn and mom had enough. (laughs) 
So listen, I have, I have, I don't, I don't want to sound like I uh, got pooped out the back end of a Norman Rockwell painting, but we <laughs> we still do this at our house, like every okay, night yeah, dinner yeah. with everybody. And by the way, you know what else you do? <laughs> if one of your kids' friends comes and honks at your house, you murder him. That is also Norman Rockwell <laughs> on the horn. Yeah, I have that painting of the dad going outside <laughs> with a steak knife. And murdering the other child. And by the way, it's justified. You get off free. They let you go from court. You have to go file some papers. Yeah. By the way, uh, you just brought up the chicks in the bucket. (laughs) There were two of them. They were in the car with them the night they went to that party at that house. They were there. Mom. They were yeah. All oh yeah. That's right. Who was the other girl? There was another girl in there. Was it Feldman's mom? I'm assuming that was his sister. I don't know if they. I'm not sure if they mentioned it. I might have missed it. But it was definitely his mom driving. Yeah. Who, by the way, is a vampire. Yeah. Well, uh, and, who also, right. by the way, uh, was, was was a consenting adult in the lay on the horn yes. in the driveway right. of another yes. person and left and left his and left his her kids and other people's kids after she got passed by these, you know, college looking students saying <laughs> saying very rude right. things. Inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. Right. Inappropriate yeah she's a bad she's a bad mom. It's bad parenting yeah. is what's going yeah, on there. But uh, uh, for me, also, the sister is a bit of a chick in the bucket. I feel like we never got any real resolution with her. Uh, that is right. to say, Corey Haim's sister. The little brother, there for a hot second, and then that's it. We're done. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot that he had a little brother. He did. That, yeah. It popped out like, uh, like you know, as uh, Carol Kane is going through yeah. uh, labor. Like, oh, hi. Yeah. Hey, brother. He was at dinner, but that's about it. And then yep. uh, I do want to say, I want to throw some love in the direction of uh, Carol Kane and the guy who plays oh, yeah. the husband. Richard Nazer, her yeah. love I love those guys. They're great. They're yeah. great. Everything I've ever seen him in makes me smile. She's always entertaining, whether it's Princess Bride or, like you said, Taxi. Uh, breakable or, Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, she's yeah. just a, a delightful, kind of a delightful yeah, weirdo. I love he her. He is definitely the same thing in every movie he's in, which is fine. Yeah, right? it's totally fine. It's because it's good because we like it. He's got the. It's the Michael Sarah thing. It's like, yeah, we like right. your thing, and so go keep doing your thing. We, we and like you know your what? Thing. If yeah. if if you looked him up and found out he was Seth Rogen's dad, you'd be like, oh, I could see it. <laughs> oh, totally, <laughs> totally dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty. Funny. I'd forgotten that he was in um, uh, the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wait. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, he was uh, one of the one of the dudes that. Uh, yep. Was get, there with the... gets killed. Kill, kill. Oh, Gee, right. that, that, that's pretty much everybody. It narrows yep. it down. Uh, yeah. Right? Yep. He was also in risky business. I don't remember that role. Very he was much. the he was the um the college interviewer that comes oh. over and interviews uh, uh, Tom Cruise while the party's going on in the other room. That's right. That's hey, right. I got I got another '80s thing that I don't think anybody does anymore. All right. And they did it in this movie as well, and it kind of shocked me. Uh, the slide around. Uh, that everybody was, all the teenagers were sliding around mm-hmm. in shoes and socks. Oh, you name it. They yeah, were always that. sliding around. Yeah, and, yeah, like Corey Him goes running up to uh, Mercedes in in her yeah. car, and Mercedes he slides for about yeah, and he slides about four feet. Like yeah. he stops walking or stops running and just slides in his shoes. <laughs> like on pavement with what kind of had no grip on those shoes? Apparently, yeah. just how did you the, do? The uh, streets were so much greasier back in the eighties. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. very maybe greasy. He, maybe he had wheel uh, wheelies. What the right? What are they? Wheelies. Right. Wheelies. wheelies. Maybe yeah. he had wheelies. I wonder. I kind of wonder if that eventually got there because I, I I started thinking back. I was like, yeah, there was. Seems like there was a scene in Teen Wolf. There was there was sliding on the feet like that, and there was just. I, I love it a as a teenagers. Yeah. I, I love it as a trope because it's the kind of thing that only happens in movies, yeah. and mm-hmm. it 
it happens because you you're shooting on film. You have to set up your shot. It, it, it allows the character to display a lot of energy and still come from out of frame into frame very quickly. This all this stuff sure. that's you know like it's this movie stuff. But right. you're absolutely right. You relate it to these teenage movies, specifically from the '80s. Yeah. I'll bet you the newer teenage movies they don't do it anymore. Uh, I'll tell you what. Like uh, the, the, as soon as you said it, the first thing I thought of was Breakfast Club in the hallway when they're uh, yes. trying oh, to get right, right. get away from. Yeah, Dean. but those are those are slick floors, and we all know that Carl the janitor <laughs> had just cleaned them. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Can we talk about another trope? Sure. Are we sure? Hold on. Well, let me push this button here that has the name trope on it. Hold on. Here you go. <laughs> This movie has uh, a wild teen party. Yeah. We were just getting there. Mom mm-hmm. drives uh, the Corys to this wild teen party. Yeah. And the third Corey, um, uh, that's where we meet the third Corey for the first time. The the other kid, the yeah. whatever oh, his name yeah. is. Right. Yeah. Charles so, or... Uh, yeah. Yeah, Charles. That guy so, was the most not needed I, character in the history of movies. But... <laughs> right. He's really so, just there for the camera, which is the least needed prop in this film. Yeah. It doesn't solve... Yeah. Like, the it camera's yeah. not used to solve a problem like... Wait a minute! I have a picture of the thing mm-hmm. that uh, will yeah. get us out of this situation. Yeah. It's really dumb. This had oh, okay, so but, many extra characters for no point. I've never seen a movie. But, quite but don't that, don't that. don't leave me just yet. All I want right, to I want to demonstrate there. that the wild teen party is not just a trope in movies. Yeah. Hmm. So, I want someone to tell me about an actual example of such a thing that they attended or heard. Yes. Well, yes. Oh yeah, I've, I've been to I've been to teen parties. They were never. It, you just, just last week. Sh- yeah, it's, it's totally not right. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I went to teen parties, but they were nothing. Uh, it's about like no one ever had. Right? OK, I'll tell you, I've been to these parties, too, but nobody okay. ever had the giant houses and pools these people have. Yeah, that's right. it. nobody was that rich. No, no. somebody had to have them. I, I mean, mean someone existed. someone had them, but none of the parties I went to like it, sure. to me. I relate to this only because I've seen a thousand uh, 80s teen movies where this mystery house in california hills somewhere existed and everybody went there but otherwise lived like marty mcfly like they just you never so, went you never went okay. to a party that was like just at somebody's dank basement it was always so some I, big open beautiful I, thing I, I went to a couple of these in high school and the one that sticks out the most for me was a 16 16th birthday party for a friend of mine and she was turning 16 and she did ha- live in a big house with a pool yeah. but it was at night so the pool was not a factor right and the the things about the trope that make it a trope are things like everybody's dancing which has never happened in the existence of humanity <laughs> and there's <laughs> sex going on upstairs no there isn't because mom and dad are in the kitchen sex in every these room. yeah however mm. I must say, at this particular party that I went to when I was 16, and I I drove my dad's truck over there. I picked up a couple of friends and took them over there, and then I had to be the escape mechanism for one of them who got drunk. And his name was uh, George Tapia. And George Tapia, uh, I didn't George know. George just got outed. Yeah, 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 he did. Yeah, he did. Uh, and I didn't know George uh, still had booze on him. And so I was asked, would you please take George home from this party? This house is filled with kids. Yeah. And so I get him out to the, my dad's truck, and we're, I'm driving him to his house, which is across town. And he pulls out like a flask and then manages to spill booze all over <laughs> the inside of my dad's car, <laughs> my dad's truck. This is, this is the extent of it, though. Like this is the, That's the whole story. Right. That, that was the most scandalous thing. I, I have to go home and tell my dad, so uh, here's a problem. Yeah. And, <laughs> and but it's, it's horrible. A pe- but it's a piece of it. Like, you felt those emotions. This movie does a pretty good job of explain, uh, of, of expressing those, don't you think? 
Like it's it, right. That but it's sense like of panic ex- and this oh movie no. depicts my experience that night yeah. times a thousand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. which movies I guess are supposed to do. It's just like, you know, the, it, what makes it a trope is the ridiculous uh, extra extremes. You know, I agree. I want right. to see if you guys I have a list of some of the trivia and I want you guys to see. Uh, I want to see if you guys can tell me which ones you think are bullcrap because mm-hmm. some of this trivia sounds like horseshit to me, but I'm going to read it to you and you tell me. Neither Corey Feldman or Corey Haim had a driver's license when filming started. That seems that that's, seems that's true. Sure, they were they both, actually they were both they actually that said age. that. Yeah, yeah, they all actually uh, Haim definitely said it during an yeah. interview. Yeah, about I remember hearing that too. Like they were young, they were fifteen, sixteen, whatever. Uh, nine Cadillacs were purchased to use for this movie. Now that one seems okay. a little fishy. I believe that, that. That's yeah. that's reasonable. I mean, how many? That was typical of the eighties. We were we just went through those cars. The reason why I picked those particular cars, they yeah. were in abundance. I think it was a boat. Um, okay, Ben Affleck tried out for the role of Les Anderson. How do we oh, feel about that? Of course, nope. No. <laughs> nope. Uh, here's one I absolutely believe and will never not believe. Corey Feldman chose all his own wardrobe, so Corey Feldman got his own clothes. It says here. <laughs> Every time, okay. that, that's, that's totally believable. Yeah. Uh, here's the one I call total bullshit on. John Hughes was considered to direct this film. <laughs> he would have cast Michael Anthony Hall as Les Anderson and Molly Ringwald as, as Mercedes Lane. Yeah, what's eh, missing from the, that? What's missing first, from that is the word "if" that should be at right, the beginning. Right, yeah. If right, John okay. Hughes would have been asked, yeah, yeah. yes, <laughs> he, would have, yes. he probably would have. We we hope he would have. Right. I, I just don't buy it. I don't buy no, it. No, that's total bullshit. Would he have had yeah. better music? Because this, the music in this movie was. it was all right. It had uh, here. L- let me give you a taste. I'll give you a taste. I got some. Actually, they started the this the thing with a cover of something. What was that? Yeah, Beatles, a Beatles song. Oh yeah, uh, drive my car. And I would have, and I would have, if you would have said, oh yeah, that's Corey Feldman and Corey Haynes singing, I would have totally believed. I know. By the the way, I want to, I want to add. This is one I really want to add trivia to. Okay. Uh, And my first one is going to be, okay, so if Kevin Smith had directed this movie. He would have cast Jason Lee and Joey Lauren Adams. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. You're still yeah. back on that one. Yes. I yeah. love that. No, if, awesome. I love that Tar- idea. If Tarantino would have cast this, reboot, he, he would have cast Samuel L. Jackson. And, <laughs> I actually yeah. I think Kevin Smith would have been a great director for this reboot. That would have been actually. Oh, yeah. That, you know what? That fits. I I, I can't argue yeah. with that. I mean, but but then, you know, whatever. There, the, I think teen movies today are smarter than they used to be. Generally speaking, nah, like uh, hey. Nick and Nora's playlist style stuff, I think is a more cerebral well, kind of affair. That's not fair. That's a that's just a good movie. You can't. Well, that's my good po- movie. That's my point. I I agree, but I think a lot of the stuff in the eighties was was trash hole, and there's less trash hole now. There was good movies sure. then too. You have the John Hughes movies, which were cut above for sure. But then you had stuff like this, and then below that you had okay. you know. When you say now, are yeah. you referring to movies like Juno and Easy A? Because they're they're not like now anymore. No, right. Uh, you're right that I am doing that. It's more like yeah. um, I mean, let's have an example. The problem with now is so you don't consider E.T. a teen movie, and you don't consider E.T. like no no high art. <laughs> I don't <laughs> no, consider E.T. No a teen one movie. does. No, what are you what? talking about? It's not a teen movie. It has cool teen things, but it's not a teen movie. Okay. All right, for now, for the definition of now, I'm going to say the last five years. Okay. Oh, wow. which, so not even like ten things I hate about you. Or, no, 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 uh, no, 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 no. We have to we yeah. have to come up with movies like uh, The Fault in Our Stars, things that are <laughs> more recent. Okay. Some people like that movie. I didn't. see It's it. a good movie. I didn't see it. Um, All I'm right. What about Hunger Games? Does Hunger Games count? I think it counts. 
Oh, no, that's genre no. filmmaking. I mean, yeah, it's, that's okay. fine. It's young yeah. adult novelizations. I mean, you, you, but... could, you could get up, yeah, you could get away with a couple YA novelizations like um, The Host, or not The Host, what was it? The, uh, it was the other one by the Twilight Lady, yeah. Suzanne. Here, here's the way oh. to look at it License to Drive <laughs> is a teen movie. Uh, I do not think that Lost Boys was, but it's here's got a, a, here's the a perfect, cast in it. Here's a perfect, edgy. Okay, look, there's the difference because we're talking about they have a total term, edgy teen movie. And the epitome of that is in the last couple of years has been The Edge of 17. That was a really great Right. Oh, That's a good movie. one. Yeah. Right. But those are edgy teen movies. No, but I think the the key for me that's it's whether there's the presence of anything supernatural. The reason Lost Boys is not a teen movie even though it features all the same actors who are in many other teen movies is the fact that there's a supernatural thing going on. Okay, Chronicle. Well, you're, Chronicle you're, is recent and that's got a bunch of teen actors, but I wouldn't call it a teen movie. No. I would say Mr. Miyagi was supernatural. So Karate Kid <laughs> doesn't get the count. <laughs> all right, what about there was one that just came out um uh, maybe within the last 5 years, Project X, but it's not the oh, one with Matthew no, Broderick. But it's about a party. Yes, yes. Yeah, like a project project party, yeah. things go That's awry. Now that may work. I mean, what's happened is a lot of these people that grew up with these movies that were like teen romps. Project Almanac. They're they're making the the hard R, you know, bridesmaids style movies now. The Christmas moms too and stuff like like. They've graduated that, <laughs> Christmas that, moms too. or whatever it's called. What's that called? Bad, bad, moms. Moms. bad moms too. <laughs> but I like I like Christmas moms too. Right. I like it. By the way, that that movie is so recent it was 2012. Project X. You're talking uh, that in a five year, yeah, five more than five years ago. Barely fits in. Yeah. Barely fits. But but okay. So the big determiner for me is: Does your teen movie involve the help of adults? Okay. If it doesn't wow. involve the need for adults, other than being nemesises or dummies. Then I mm-hmm. think that's the, your teen movie. So you can't. Well, the reason, like, even I wouldn't even say that Karate Kid is a teen movie because it depends on adults to get stuff done, right, like Miyagi. Right. Nerve, which just came out a couple of years ago, the the online game where you have to oh, yeah. do yeah. things daring. That's a yeah. teen movie. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, and that's, that's and trash, Scott's right. right? Uh, let's trash? just let's just agree that Scott's right. People don't make these. <laughs> People don't make good teen romps anymore at no, all. No. I, I can't. No. I can't go with Scotch Wright. I can't. He's right. I not, mean, like, not like, in good conscience. Like the, like the movie Boyhood came out a couple of years ago, and there's nothing rompy about it. Yeah, no, no, there's nothing rompy about that. But also, look, if you made one of these today, mm-hmm. that uh, just take. I'm trying to think of some. You know, it's Ariana Grande and a freaking um, whoever else. Oh, they have those. Well, I know, Spring but breakers. let's. But let's say you've Spring got Breakers is a great example. That's a that's a wicked film. They're, it's not lighthearted at all. No, it's not. But my point is, if you made a movie like License to Drive, like they're about to do, and they're about to remake it, if you made it today, mm-hmm. there's no way there's a dude in the back of a seat taking pictures of, of a pastel no. girl. Right. You don't exactly. do it now. You can't do it now. I mean, you could. Yeah, but you're try gonna, to you're try gonna... to add that to like Spider-Man Homecoming and tell me what <laughs> happens. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and by the way, a great example of the meshing of the two of these things, because... That had all these tropes we've talked about. The big house with the party and the pool and the Mm -hmm. thing and then the awkward teen moments and all that. Party pool. And then they had the... things too had that too. Sure. And then you had the the supernatural stuff, you know, in there. Like that combination is what's killing it right now. Did Mm. anybody watch uh, the more recent Linklater film, um, Everybody Wants Some? No, it's based on... uh, It's like a sequel to... Dazed and Confused or something. Yeah, it's like the 80s Dazed and Confused, right? Yeah, Yeah. something like that. And... 
and it's it's got a lot of these tropes. But again, Linklater is always taking this serious angle yeah. on on this stuff. Yeah. And these movies, I, I, maybe we're maybe we're frozen out, and dude, nobody's making these movies anymore because they they really have. Uh, Brian Dunaway was calling it an innocence, but I would say they have this obliviousness. Yeah. You know, to like politics and. A good way and to responsibilities put it. you know yeah which is the teen experience you don't know about those things when you're a teenager you're just out there winging it and you know when i was uh in my teens i didn't know what freaking reagan was up to <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> i knew he was a president that's it i didn't care otherwise what ran contra what the hell is that like i don't know I'm, I'm too busy trying to get my car working so i can take sheila out on wednesday like it, it's just <laughs> oh not good the, what my, was your first car? Uh, it was a four. Or sorry, Mercury Maverick. Mavericks, yes. It was I a, had a Maverick. It was a seventy a Comet, old seventy six Maverick, and it was a piece of shite. And Ford Comet was the equivalent on the Ford side because they always made yes. like. Uh, oh wow! Uh, they they remember when they duplicate them like the oh, Escort. It was just the same. It, no, it was just the same car. They they had the same chassis and and, and yeah. they just paint, painted them different. Mm-hmm. Had, a, had like a different trim or whatever. But then you got to remember, in my teens, my dad was buying and selling cars. He would go to California and bring them back from auction and then resell them at a profit here. And it was just like weird business he was doing. And uh, at one point, it was really cool because if I had a date that weekend, I had a choice from some rad cars. Like, oh, we got an MR2 in this week, or uh, there's a Nissan 300ZX with a uh, it's turbo and has a T roof and. And it's black and, you know, like I was, I was living the dream, but then occasionally it would be dad, I got this really cool, cute date this weekend. What's the, what's the car situation? Oh, um, there's a Yugo this weekend. And I took that Yugo out and I've told you guys all the story where the Yugo wheel steering wheel came off in the middle of my date while I was driving to my destination, (laughs) had to have cops come. Like it was a huge mess. So I kind of lived. Yugo, it's our quality, baby. I lived my own little teen movies sometimes because of this car situation, but. I was always afraid. Like when I broke the struts on a Toyota MR2, I thought my dad was going to murder me. Did did they put you in the Yugo book, the the rise and fall of the worst car in history? No. Did they put you is that in a that, book? That, is that real? Example? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd love to read that. I'd love to read that. I don't know why. So tell me, tell me again. Did you have a Did you have a Maverick or a Comet? Was I, it had a a Maverick, I had a Comet. Maverick. Had a Maverick. I had a Maverick, and it was pigeon toed, okay. and had the radials were all coming yeah. off because it was so pigeon toed, and the gas you put in the back of it because you'd lift yeah. up the thing and put the gas. Oh, in the, the driver, or the license plate you lift. Yep, and... yep. It was a piece <laughs> Mine of shit. Was a gold Maverick. Yeah, I paid two hundred bucks for that. By the way, it's my first car I ever owned. Two hundred dollars mm-hmm. cash to a guy named Juan. <laughs> I got mine. I got my car. I got my gold Maverick car as a gift from some dude. What was trying to date my mom? Oh wow, that's interesting. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Yeah. I because I I think about this a lot. I think do I now? Am I now driving my kid's first car? Like, is this how this is going to go? Like mm. years from now, it, it'll be it'll still be in my life. It'll just be so old and beaten up. And well, that's what my I mean. kids like, got. No idea. That's my what... kids have. <laughs> Nice car. What's what happened to me and Taylor? My she's driving my mm-hmm. 2001 uh, Honda Civic. Still, mm-hmm. I just passed it down to her. So yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah so my, my first, first car was yeah. a hand-me-down Toyota Corolla from my parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine. I didn't, mine I didn't was even a... get driving lessons. They just said, "Here you go." And I'd never driven stick before, so I had to go <laughs> to work. Luck. And they gave me the car in the morning and said, all right, and then get yourself to work. And <laughs> I had to learn, teach myself how to drive stick after driving uh, nothing but uh, automatic the whole time. Oh, we're such 80s kids. I love it. Mine, mine was a Ford Escort. And when I was seven, my dad bought it new. And then when I turned 16, it was old. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> the, listen, the escorts, the way they used to make them, you'd buy them and a month later they were old. Those yeah. things were oh, shit yeah. for the longest they time. They were. They were mm-hmm. they were real, really just rolled them out. Hey. Ford had a rough man, period. Had did, a rough period. Did you guys look? I don't know. Maybe I live in a small town. Maybe I didn't live in California during the 80s. But when you went to the DMV to get your driver's license test, yeah. it was BYOC. You didn't yes. get you oh, didn't right. get a, a, right. a choice no. of a, you know, a fleet of escorts. <laughs> what is is that something yes. you guys experienced? No, or is that, you had yeah, to bring, bring your own car to, to get your license yeah. for yeah, sure. Same here. For sure. I remember and, and, now now drivers ed in school, they had cars yeah. and, and they had their yeah. own brakes on the on the passenger side and all that in case we were dumb. Right. But I don't remember ever well, I'm I'm hundred percent sure that every DMV visit I made it was our own car for sure. Yeah. And I think I was Weird. it may have been no, it wasn't the Maverick then, but it was a piece of shit. I had to parallel park, and it was too big. I remember it being way long, and I barely made it. Ugh, I hate, it was an anxi- that was an anxiety filled thing. And they captured exactly. that pretty pretty well here in this movie. Pretty well captured that that yeah. sense of like, oh, but we. I'll tell you what we didn't have. We didn't have those computers in '88 with with no, big right? bold uh, voiceover uh, <laughs> computer things where the lady would t- give you A, B, and C like Brian's intro. That didn't exist. Yeah, if you had, <laughs> no. yeah. if you had had a headset, where would you plug it in? Yeah, to what computer? That was horseshit. Would you have ever plugged it in? Like yeah. what card? No, there weren't <laughs> cards. Yeah. Computers didn't have sound cards. Also, those no. monitor, those uh-huh. displays were too big. There's no way anything was bigger yeah. than like nine point five inches like forget it right that was i'll tell you exactly exactly how people were still testing until the late in the 90s it was on paper yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no dude that now the we, DMV we had is computers not, it at ours they but did. it wasn't nothing like this we didn't yeah. we had nothing it was like paper and it sucked and it always felt like we were going back in time if you went to the dmv you're like going to a different time mm-hmm. like it felt like you're walking into the 40s and you expected the guy up there to go, all right, Shady, I'm glasses. Put them on for your picture, Shady. Like, that's what I expected every time I was in there. And I hated it. Oh, I hate it now. I don't like it now. I don't like going in there. I don't want to go there. I don't ever want to go. That's the reason why I want a movie for the ages. I want that anxiety feeling again for old people. Like, I, I fear <laughs> when I get old enough, they're going to take my license away. So that's my next big DMV moment, I mm. think, is going to be when they when they pry my license from my cold <laughs> Cold dead hands, old <laughs> cold old hands. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I uh, I just not, I hate all that stuff. And I and again, the movie, if it's successful at anything, I think for me anyway, was conveying that right. some some of those anxieties. I mean, a lot of it's super unrealistic. And uh, this also had a trope that kind of drives me nuts, which is: Do you have to have the Feldman guy? Do you have to have your goofy friend in every one of mm. these movies? Is there no way to just like I, I'm trying to think when I was a kid. Yeah. I didn't yeah, always have to have some goofball with me, you know. Sometimes it can I just did. be you, you and didn't Heather. Didn't have to have a goofball. I had to have a goofball. Well, no, but I mean, you know, your but, your life wasn't for entertainment of but, the other of other people. But I'm 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 with you, Scott. <laughs> didn't you get the feeling? Didn't you get the feeling that this movie never could figure out how to how to have that friendship be front and center? It was really more about the struggle between Corey Haim and his dad yeah. than anything. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. And the dad mm-hmm. is is. I think I'd later, well, I don't want to give away my alternate movie title, but the dad was bipolar at least because (laughs) he was worse than bipolar because one minute he's like, he looks like he's going to kill you for what you've just done to the car or whatever it is. And the next minute he's got his arm around you going, that's all right. We're good. What 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 do you call the scam when your father comes in? 
with a bottle of champagne and two glasses when you're underage, <laughs> you're not supposed to be drinking, <laughs> yeah. and and convinces you with that he is totally stoked and plays along, and he gives you this drink of champagne, and then goes boom, you failed. Yeah, that was you some failed. that was some horseshit. Everything about that <laughs> film. And, right. and yeah. and it's this this is the same man who sleeps all night through everything but can be awakened in a in an instant by the sound of his wife groaning yeah in an instant <laughs> well yeah yeah that He's sounds old. about sounds Wait. about right Daddy. no it's not that's not right i do i he is responsible i think for the thing that i'm gonna guess as what's what gross scott out the most by the way oh, oh interesting what do you think that was i think it was uh He's, he, you know, and he's uh, discovering the car in the garage that's all destroyed, and he's walking around. And he looks in, and he sees uh, Corey Haim laying down in the in the front seat or in the in the, uh, right. the foot the footwell. That's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Knowing that that that's exactly where the drunk guy puked. Yeah. <laughs> ding, yeah. ding 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 ding. Brian Abbott <laughs> really? gets it. Uh, Brian Abbott gets easy. it. Well done. Uh, that was exactly my gross moment. In fact, it was any time after that dude barfed in there <laughs> that they, that they did that anything to do with the car. It's like, oh, yeah. Corey Corey Haim somehow parkoured himself into this car and now he's hanging around in the front. And I'm like, dude, you are perilously close to that guy's yak. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I have to. Yeah. I have to admit, I thought of Scott. When uh, Carol Kane serves herself five pounds of mashed potatoes yeah, yeah. and puts ketchup all over it, <laughs> just because, just because it was it was setting you up as a viewer, you know what I mean? Like it was just well, like it was also what Scott's going to be eating for the next six days. Yeah, that's a yeah, good point. Exactly. You know, I I was grossed out by that at first. Like, oh, ketchup on mashed potatoes. I'm like, wait, there's just potatoes. It's potatoes. Oh, I do that. I put, I, do I, put I put them on my I put them on top of my fries all the time. But like then I started thinking. What if I had a you know like a regular baked potato and put ketchup? Yeah, on Yeah, I've done that. I've that's done that. Disgusting. No, it's good. Ugh. It's all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you yeah. don't have butter and sour cream handy, I think ketchup is a is a reasonable alternative. Yeah, I, I, it may not be. Yes, it's not my favorite or my first choice. If there's like a big thing of gravy, like a gravy boat, oh boy, let's get that on there. But if it's if <laughs> oh, ketchup's sure. all yeah. I've got, Scott's just walking around the kitchen. Hey, it's a gravy boat full of gravy. All right. <laughs> 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 just gravy, but a gravy boat, right? Or gravy boats? Yeah, man. Baby. Like I'm, I'm in. I'm all down on that. But yeah, the, the barf you're... thing is really. And by speaking of barfing, Corey Haim always looks like he's about to barf, doesn't he? Right. <laughs> At all ball. times. And, and yeah. again, uh, okay. So let's just let's just talk about Corey Haim for a minute. Yeah, not sure. to speak guy, ill of the dead, but he, you know, this was his thing. He was tiger beat and all that. So he, right, he yes. Had look. And and he's he's good looking. He's Canadian. That was a thing. You know, he was from another country oh, for a lot of people. Canadian. Huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was a thing. Yeah. But like, you can't help but watch this movie, knowing what you know now. You can't help but watch this movie and think, man, this kid's strung out and stressed out. Yeah. Not so much strung out not... and stressed out at this point. I didn't. The drug part yeah, is so say, noticeable. Do you think this was happening during? Yes. Oh, he, really? he, he said he was yeah. first. His first drugs he said in interviews were given to him by adults on the set of Lucas. So oh, I think wow. he was well down, starting down that path, but he wasn't like that incoherent sort of out of it thing until much later uh, when he, right, you know, when, right. when, when the addiction but was like full blown, but yeah. that was for some, for, I, I think that was, it's hard to imagine now, but I think some of the girls kind of thought it was charming that he would have that slack jaw and then that quick little flash of smile. And I think that was something that played to hit to strength mm-hmm. at the time. 
But uh, yeah, it's it's. You think he bit his tongue a lot? You think he was like, oh, shit. I, I'm unsure. <laughs> but he, he drooled a lot. <laughs> he mentions in later interviews that he, he go he he hates seeing that because he hates seeing himself with his mouth open. He said it was something they learned to not do later on, but it was like a I guess a nervous habit or something hmm. possibly. So yeah, uh, just, the thing that grossed me out the most in the movie yeah. was the fact that. Corey Haim had mono and he kept kissing uh, Heather Graham. Oh, <laughs> oh right. I forgot wow. about that. Yeah. Yeah. He literally had mono. That was like, trust me, people. Yeah. It, I don't know if it's still a thing in, in high schools, but that was like oh, the is. most dreaded disease possible. The kissing disease in high school for it us is. was just, the mono. You need, to, you need to just get on nextdoor.com and find out that oh. all these things are still going on. I'll, I'll give this movie credit, though. <laughs> these guys were actual all teenagers. Like um, that, That's yeah. sometimes a problem in these movies. Everyone's like 25 or whatever, but Haim and Feldman and Heather Graham were all like 15, 16 like the real deal and i didn't i when i saw this i went heather graham whoa i thought i i see her or think of her as a much more way down the years powers well even even beyond that like i think of oh geez uh boogie nights and and i i my very first note as the movie starts i'm like whoa heather graham is in this this is like 10 years before i've seen a heather graham i had totally i've seen this movie many times but not apparently not in the last 10 years or so because i was like oh heather graham i yeah. did not know she was in this i find her yeah, utterly she, charming she does she's, not age no she's whatsoever, yeah. she's older right. than us and she looks great she's beautiful and she's all she's so nice like there's something mm-hmm. about her something about her eyes or something she, i just i feel better in a movie if i know heather graham's in it <laughs> weirdly did, like did she's any, kind of a comfort food sort of actress for me i really really like watching her she's good did any, mm-hmm. anybody else notice how all these kids were doing their own stunts and i mean there weren't yes. like really bad stunts like you know you know what i mean but like she was up dancing on a the hood of a car in heels like <laughs> oh, <laughs> the whole sound. movie like he they, you know, like there's a scene where the two Corys are doing a pump lift on a bike all yeah, across town. Yeah, on that town. bike, that is mm-hmm, crazy. Have mm-hmm. you ever been a fool and rode on the front of somebody's handlebars? You ever done that? Yep. That's yeah, yeah, yep. That you put your life in their hands. Yep, you are absolutely yeah. putting your life. in I their remember hands. at the that time when scary. I was, you know, I don't know, junior high, doing that and thinking that it was fine. It seemed like a great idea, but I look back this now. This is a great and, idea. Know, it's a terrible <laughs> idea. This is a great. Idea. One more thing that bothered me that was a necessity of the filmmaking. Uh, was the fact that that Cadillac was always lit in, on the interior. Yeah. Every All the shots, it was always lit up with the characters so you could see them from outside oh, right. from the shots. Yeah. Yeah. It just bothered me. They, it was just they, too bright in there. They mm. drive up to a lookout point in the Hollywood Hills mm. where they get out of the car and they're standing in front of it and the headlights are not on. I looked. And they look like they are. They have spotlights in 360 yeah. degrees around them. Yeah, probably yeah. do. And just like it bugs me, those little things. Yeah. Well, what? Uh, I and actually, I got to take this all back. I said what a chick in the bucket was. I have a new one. <laughs> chick in the bucket for me is the actual getting of the license. Did this ever? Yeah, did right. we ever get a license? Mm. Or no? We, we didn't. No, did not during, he, not we, during the film. We never see it. We assume since he's riding off because he said that he could take it again as soon as Monday. Uh, after the weekend, yeah. so that's that's not true in most places. From my from my experience, you usually have to wait a certain amount of time longer. I think it's like six weeks or something. Yeah. But he said, according to the movie, he could he could get it the following Monday. So we're assuming that he got it because it was okay. supposed to be the next week when Grandpa showed up. All right, I'll buy up. that. That's fine. But we forgot. It's Lucy Goosey. We forgot to mention Heather Graham pulls up in what the nineteen eighties car, oh, yes. the Cabriolet yes. freaking white rabbit. Mm-hmm. Right, which uh, which we haven't golf, seen, uh, like which we've seen recently in um, 
uh, Can't Buy Me Love yep. is like the yes. ultimate 80s cheerleader car. Yep. Right. And it was, dude. Like, that was it accurate. Was. All my fr- all my yeah. cheerleader, well, I shouldn't say my friends my that cheerleader. were cheerleader friends. But all my cheerleader friends the, are <laughs> But every girl on the, on like the, the squad, oh. uh, the, what do they call it? The dance squad thing whatever right. cheerleader Tech groups squad, all those guys yeah. were oh, driving that but, and by the way i i want i want a trope alert on one little thing all right hold on i got it right here hold on here the whole movie extends and extends because of one lie one <laughs> yeah. lie if which if which you would Corey, expect McCormick. yeah but if Corey Haim comes home and just says i didn't get my license and i need you to give me a ride to pick up this girl tonight it's still all works out for him. Yep. The whole his whole life works out just fine. Apparently, yeah. you know, Heather Graham was into him regardless, right? Well, she all was this... she was still coming down from uh, Rico Suave long hair boy, whatever that guy was about. I still Paolo. Every guy is named Paolo. Paolo, yeah. Mm. He was he saying. was a I don't understand his character at all. I could not relate. I don't know what that is. That guy. I, I I tried and tried to develop like a moral matrix for Corey Haim's character, and I couldn't. Because he seems to care very much about not breaking some rules, but others are just like, he just sure. skips right by them. And this one little thing, like you just come home and say, I failed. Here's the paper. I failed. Mm-hmm. And then it all works out just fine for you. Yeah. Like this movie is making a statement on that point. Well, it's, it's but Lang, I was more surprised lying to, uh, you know, uh, Feldman and uh, Charles. Right. And lying to the yeah. parents. Like lying to the parents, okay, you know, that's the character. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm taking the car because I got my license, uh, but don't have it right, you know, show it to you right now, but uh, okay, see ya. Mm-hmm. But lying actually, to Feldman, right. you know, and lying to actually, his best friend about it. Yeah. They actually took a, a, a left, which I didn't think they would do with the lying because you would assume that the lie is applied and then you try to, you know, keep digging deeper and deeper. But his parents almost immediately find out he's lying. So that's just that just goes away completely. So as far as comedy goes from that time period, it was like, that's kind of wild that they would do that. And then he did pursue it further. But however, what jerk friends and family he has that Mm -hmm. send him all these congratulations before they even know if he's actually passed or not. That is such a jerk dick move yeah it's like uh it's like you don't know wait wait until you find out just just cool your jets yeah calm calm it down bring it back a notch is what you're saying Mm -hmm. uh all right i think we can do some clips now let's uh let's dive in oh real quick i found the siskel and ebert wrap-up of uh 1988's or 1988's review of license to drive and i think the volume's a little low but i want to hear what uh, oh wow hear a little taste of this here you go Funny film about a teenager's problems after he fails his driver's license test but still wants to drive. I don't know that any such film would top my want to see list, but regardless, License to Drive is not that film. It is a dim-witted, predictable movie, the stuff we associate with bad TV sitcom material. Corey Haim, the likable star of Lucas, adds nothing to his reputation here as he loses control of his grandfather's car. All right, so there's that, and then let's hear what Ebert says. Uh, here we go. So come back. i got to skip ahead by the clip here. Okay, here we go. Here we go. There's also a weak romance in the movie with him trying to land the most beautiful girl in the world, but mostly what we have here are runaway car jokes that are neither exciting nor funny. We also have one of the dullest collection of teenagers ever filmed. 
And that's quite an accomplishment for license to drive. Gene, I like it a lot more than you did, especially the first hour. Now, I think what you're reacting to probably is the last half of the movie, which is all of the chase stuff, all of the stunts, all of the special effects, all of the weird special diving effects. and the things Who they cares? can do with cars. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? I, I would make it as a rule that it is no longer possible for anything involving fast-moving cars to be funny. It's uh, just kind of like a basic principle. I have seen a movie, and I won't say what it is, but I have seen a movie Why? in which they do Come a on. joke about fast-moving cars that's very good. In fact, I will tell you what the name of the movie is. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. It's the new Dirty Harry movie. Yes, I know that, but that is not a real <laughs> Kind of miss those guys doing their shit. I totally yeah. do, yeah. yeah. I, d I don't at all. The wrong one died. Man, Gene Siskel is just a wet They're both dead. Yeah, they both died of two but different yeah, yeah. cancers. Which means yeah. the end of the show because of his death. Yeah, they both died. Uh, yeah, who's doing that now? Somebody's still doing that show, though, right? Like it's um, uh, yes. Siskel and Flimban. Oh, really? Yeah, who, somebody somewhere. Ah, who's I think it's Roper. Roper, like, oh, uh, that's it. I'm thinking of Ebert oh, yeah, and Roper. Roper and somebody, you're right. But then yeah. Ebert uh, died, and then it was e Roper and uh, Billy. Oh, right, it was Roper, Roper and Ebert for a while. It is, right. it is currently, oh, it's off the air. Was, wasn't it Harry, wasn't it's, it's Harry no Knowles replaced by replaced by a film sack? Wasn't Harry Ebert. Knowles on there for a while before everyone found out he was hold, had his wing? Oh, I don't remember Knowles ever doing that, but maybe he would, he would guest Ebert star or something. Ebert and Roper ended, and then they picked it up with Lyons and Mankiewicz, and then Scott and Phillips. Sure. Hmm. Yeah, seriously, the the show continued in 2009-2010 with A.O. Scott and Michael Phillips. Oh, I want to start. You know what I'm going to do? I'm, making, I'm going to make a movie called Scott and Phillips, and it's going to be me and a screwdriver <laughs> and our adventures. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Uh, what you want to do today, Mr. Phillips? There was a, there was a, there was a string after Ebert, had his, after Ebert lost his voice. There was a string of episodes where different people sat in for him. Yeah. Harry Knowles and, did it once or twice. Yeah, and, and Harold Ramis was one of them. And to come back around to earlier this episode, Peter Sagal was one of those wow. stand-ins. All right. See, there one you episode. go. He'd say, wait, wait, don't tell me. And then he then the star <laughs> was born. Uh, all right, clip time. And here they are. This is uh, begins with, uh, I don't know what this is. Let's just play it. Here you go. For your information, this is exactly what I ate when I was pregnant with all of you. You turned out okay. Oh, I, I just want to spend time with Carol Kane. I think yeah. she's great. Yeah. Uh, and, and boy, she looked young in this film. And it's because I've been she watching was. Unbreakable Amy Schmidt the last few years. Yes. And still, she looks 100. She does, but, but she still looks real great, I think. Sure, sure. Yeah. It just it was shocking to see her looking so uh, just made up. Like she was wearing a ton of makeup the whole film. Sure. Very youthful. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Here's one. Um, let's see. Oh, if I was the dad, I would kill Feldman is what I wrote here. So here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's even annoying now. Right. Look how long this goes. I would, I'd go outside. I oh, I pop him. You kind of want to punch uh, Haim too for his yeah. like uh, chewing with his mouth open, grinning <laughs> face thing. Yeah, I didn't like that during this whole thing. Instead of, let me go talk to him. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's Corey doing some stuff. I was wondering if you're driving 55 miles per hour and you collide with a runaway train, would it make any improvements on your face? <laughs> 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 I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> I loved it. I loved that was, it. 
that was the, for me the best parts of the film. <laughs> really, yeah. I've, I was just yeah. annoyed. It's like, really, you're gonna tell, you're gonna say this mean thing to his sister, and then you're gonna burp into the freaking. And by the way, that is nostalgic for me. Friends yeah. who had, and I did have one house growing up where we had a bit. Friends who had intercom systems. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was so cool back in the day. I know we never, we I never so was in a house now. that had one, but it is, it is such a thing. Like your kids would watch that and say what you guys had intercom systems in your house yeah and the ones that had the central vacuum i was jealous of those guys oh yeah that's just smart that's just smart who keeps the ac control out in the garage nobody i wrote that down here (laughs) nobody good point the answer is nobody in fact i wrote that exactly i said did people have to go to the garage to turn on their air conditioners in 1988 i guess they did that was that was a plot device for show big time yeah Here's a teacher lady. Good afternoon, children. In the next 20 minutes, you will be given 30 questions. Anything over five mistakes will be considered a failing grade. We'll begin at the sound of the bell. Blah. Also, you don't just do students. It's just everybody in there. Like, right? right? right. Like, there's no, like, student that's... day at the DMV. That didn't exist. That's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. you that go that in... lady, that may have been the best character of this movie oh mm. worst portrayal wow. when you say worst or best you mean worst i assume best. Right? <laughs> i mean best right? I, that is that horrible. that is that is in my brain all the way from the first time i saw this movie that character and her face and just her demeanor is just horrible it's just everlasting it's, it it's is like oh i don't disagree with brain. anything you're saying but i don't know how that's good i see that as like bad it's like it's like um oh, what's right. it like it's like uh there's a scene in a movie, I always forget what the movie is, but somebody's got a fly crawling in their mouth. And it can't. Right, well, okay. well, anytime yeah. you create a character that so effectively represents something and it continues to impact me to this day, I think that's pretty good. Is it, though? Say? Is it? Is it, though? Uh, here's, it, uh, here's the uh, lady. What? I don't know what this is. Uh-huh. Oh, I just wanted to have her say that. That's great, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm going to use that all the time. Gee, that's from the movie? Yeah, it's her. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Uh, here's I don't understand this I wrote. So here you go. Wait a minute. Stand back, children. Don't crowd me. I'm a living time bomb. Okay, explain that to me. <laughs> explain that to me. What does that mean? What I don't understand. Why is she a living time bomb? I don't understand. What, when did that? I don't remember that line. When did that occur? It's, it was yeah. right after when all the kids were kind of thronging yep. up to get their licenses. You were freaking out because he, of the, the, yeah, and because of the, uh, and he the sent, breakage. Yeah, and he sent her away. Yeah, it was after the computers broke, right, or whatever. The power went out. Right, right, so she was right. going to give everybody default licenses because... All I can say is the director has been to the DMV. He knows <laughs> the people there. Yeah, okay? I think he really has, though. <laughs> I got the feeling he's never been to one, but whatever. Right. Uh, buckle up. Buckle up, son. It's the real world out here. All right. There's Uncle, uh, Uncle Pennybags or whatever his name is. Uncle Philip. Uncle Philip. <laughs> it's not Uncle Pennybags, huh? I got that wrong? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Here's uh, something else. I want you to take a long, hard look at this cup of coffee. Oh, I freaking hate that so bad. That coffee thing is dumb. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, let's see. The lady would never do this is what I wrote. You mustn't f*** with the Department of Motor Vehicles, you'd, Mr. Anderson. You'd fire her. You can't talk to some 16-year-old like that. You'd get fired from the DMV, wouldn't right. you? Yeah. You can't drop bombs just... like that. 
right? I don't know. Yeah. That 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 seemed that didn't seem like the most implausible thing, <laughs> even in the most implausible thing in that scene. Yeah, that's fair point in retrospect. Okay, now there was it's one like, moment. It's like uh, yeah. it's what's her face in planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, oh after... yeah, she's so pleasant. Oh, right, exactly. You're, you're gobble, gobble, and then right. Gobble, gobble, <laughs> gobble. gobble. <laughs> you left me out in the beep. I love right. that. She's scene. great. It's so, much fun. it's so funny you brought her up because this next thing is very Ferris Bueller. Now I got a question for you guys. There's this this is the only time in the movie they did this, but you know in Ferris Bueller, it's all about fourth wall breaking where Ferris looks at the yes. camera yes. and yeah. says, I'm doing a thing and do, do, do. we'll see how this goes. And they carry that through the whole movie and it works. In this movie, there's none of that except for this one part. And then mm. he never does it again. Here's the part. An innocent girl. Harmless drive. What could possibly go wrong? And he's looking at yeah, the no camera. Kidding. And okay. they, no kidding. And they I never think, did it again. I think that's an outtake. I, I wrote it down while watching the movie. I think it's an outtake, and they decided, wow, this is actually going to work in this film and kept it. I don't know why Probably, they thought They might have filmed it for the uh, for the trailer and then, you know, not for the actual that, film. Yeah. yeah, that's possible. Could be, yeah. but it really drove me crazy. Either go with, you know, go with that or don't. Like, yeah. And I forgot, I forgot the... Um, uh, the other thing that kind of Ferris Bueller'd me for this thing was the uh, there was the opening scene where he's dreaming about mm-hmm. escaping the bus and running through all that stuff. Very obviously, very much like the Ferris Bueller end scene where he's trying to get back to his house. Mm-hmm. Right. And I want to say that they probably were inspired by that because they used very similar music, yeah. the um, the yellow oh yeah kind of uh, sure. um, general public puppet head song. Mm-hmm. Uh, no that kind of plays was- in the. Right. No question. This was this was inspired in part. Yeah. At least some of the vibes were because I mean, there, there's even the the part where he breaks, uh, where Corey Haim breaks character and talks to the camera yeah. and talks about what he's about to do. Yeah, like the one we just uh, played. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was saying. Expecting yeah. that just that's what I was saying. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> That was just weird. It was weird the way you said it. The way you said it made it sound like you didn't hear any of that. Sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. It's all good. It's also inspired by Risky Business. Oh, yeah. Risky yeah. Business. So that, hey, that movie had some sliding, didn't it? Sliding on your socks and there's your underwear sure. and everything. Yeah. Uh, what, it, is there, uh, is there anything in this film that's original? Like that, that doesn't just feel like it's a take on a previous movie? No. no. That was not really. Kind of about this movie. It felt like a lot of other. Very derivative of a lot of other '80s movies. Yeah, I mean, that was for sure. Dunaway but, mentioned it earlier, which was the you know the the lie of failing your test. That is something you would have expected to last the entire movie. And, and right. Brian Dunaway was right that the fact that that gets exposed to the parents right away is very different than than most mm-hmm. movies of the of the time. Sure. Yeah. Here's the uh, here's how you know it was an '80s movie. Was that a real song, or is that a? That yes. was those trouble by Nia Peoples and was and on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and apparently they were going to use um, In Excess's "New Sensation," which would have been a far better song. I agree, oh, so good. But uh, they they switched it to that one. Could they not get the the rights or something? Or I don't know what the deal was because apparently, according to the trivia, they used "New Sensation" for like the TV release. So yeah, it probably was a licensing issue that that. Um, a licensing issue and license to drive. What? Play my song. Weird. <laughs> Weird. Oh. Uh, get off. Oh, I li- this guy, he's my favorite ancillary, we never see him again character, this guy. Get off my truck, boy. That was great. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, he had the, the best weird lines. Get off my truck, boy, and $80. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've had deer and elk and yeah. Oh, since you <laughs> mentioned that, since you Why mentioned was $80 that, eighty dollars so funny. Well, I don't know. It was weird that he was so stoked about eighty. I guess the uh, tow, tow truck drivers never seen eighty bucks before. But, no, 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 man. In nineteen eighty-seven, that would have right. been like you're a very rich kid carrying around that much money. Well, yeah. 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 yeah, it's like it's like five hundred now. Well, even me. now, it was the opposite for the tow truck driver. He wasn't excited about that. He was like, "That's why he dropped the car on the ground." Yeah, is because eighty-seven dollars is is Not chump enough. change. Oh, to is that what he was doing? I, I don't. I, I didn't get that at all. I didn't either. I, I got oh, the yeah. opposite. But maybe, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. It's not, now that you say it, I was like. Lower, lower it down slowly. He goes, <laughs> not for $80. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Now that you say it, he also said this, which Ibit alluded to. Boy, I've driven with deer, antelope, even bears trapped to that bumper. Ain't no 65-pound sack of fly shit like you going to shake me a hella different. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How much, how much fly shit do you need to collect to make 65 pounds? All right? of it. All the fly shit in the world yeah. has, to, has to be collected. Yeah. Uh, this sound is horrible, so here's this. Oh, that's really hard to hear. That's her feet on the hood of the car. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. yeah I don't like horrible. that at all. Um, here's what? I don't know what this is. You definitely have balls for snagging this car. Oh, yeah. Good good job. <laughs> all right. Good balls. point. Uh, here's the Everything one. Corey Feldman needed a lozenge after his acting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's he is so weird now. Like just and it's fine. You be who you want to be. Be you. I kind of wish I would have seen his uh, concert when I was I, here in Denver with the Angels. Yeah. Every time I hear about Corey Feldman, every time I see anything, every time I've watched an inter- inter- interview with Corey Feldman, I immediately I'm I'm taken aback. Like oh god, he's just so out of touch. And I'm like, that's exactly what's wrong. This this kid started in Hollywood when he was just a child and he's been surrounded by it his entire life. Of course he's out of touch. Yeah. Of course mm-hmm. he is. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. I mean, I don't want to say sad cause maybe he's having a great time right now. I actually doesn't sound like it right. from what he said the other day, but anyway, <laughs> it's just such a weird I'll, I'll existence. I'll never be able to relate to Corey Feldman's life because it is so yeah. different than anything I have experienced, so I, I I can't judge the guy. Right, right. What's funny Maybe. is part of what you've experienced is part of what he's been in. In other words, like part of your growing right. up was shaped by things Corey Feldman was in, but the actual Corey Feldman, there's no. How do you relate to it? Oh, he hung out with Michael Jackson and uh, slept with a monkey for like two days, and right. freaking uh, what else did he do back then? I don't know what he was doing, but and then did, didn't he have a period where he just dressed like Michael? Jackson just like straight he up. He did. Like, he yes, still yes. does. Yes. What are you yeah. talking about? All he right. did the like the band leader outfit with the glasses and I think even the single glove. Like it was <laughs> it was uh mini me for a while. <laughs> yeah. I never thought of it as mini me, but you're right. And then, yeah. and you know, I, I can't help but <laughs> I, I always want to conclude with and this is just horrible, but it's just true. Don't don't mess up your face. Don't get the plastic surgery. Yeah, oh, sure. Age, age grace, gracefully, and 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 enjoy what you get. He doesn't. You got. He doesn't need to though, because he's always had a unique face. Yeah, right, and that's what I'm saying. That's I see saying. Corey look Feldman now, and I'm like, I would like to know what this guy is supposed to look like. Yeah. I think it would have been better. It's really bad what he's done. It's not good face stuff he's done. He's going the mm-hmm. Michael Jackson route again. It turns out, but with facial mm-hmm. reconstruction. Anyway, uh, here's a line. Hey, girls, whose car are you driving, grandmas? Those guys are the best. The freaking uh, rebel guys. They were. They were. I great. love. I love how oh, the yeah. movie can't decide whether we're supposed to think that car is awesome or crappy. <laughs> yeah. because, we're like, sold it, that it's supposed to be awesome, 
but well, it is. It's an awesome better. car. It's yeah. a really great car. It's a well, okay, yeah, but I but would the never. The movie. I'm, I'm asking, what's the movie saying? Yeah, the movie the was back and forth on it all the time, and also they need to quit talking smack about crooners and 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 stuff like that because I like that, that was music. good because that was funny that we had a uh, that we were implying that we didn't like crooner music. And we didn't. I don't think. No, I, I was hated teenager, it when I, I was a teenager. It. it was my grandma's right. music. I thought it was awful. So they, yeah. so it accurately reflects that. It's just that I look at it now and I and I have an appreciation for that old stuff it. that I used to have, and I love it now. Yeah, it's like comfort food mm-hmm. now. I love it. Here's a uh, Haim saying, uh, "A really, you know, I like to capture a, a good shit. You know, like a good shit." <laughs> okay. That's out of context. That sounds wrong. But here is here is Corey Haim doing his <laughs> uh, his shit. Shit. There you go. That's him. <laughs> shit. It's pretty good. All right, uh, swear their name, what? Oh, I swear they named her for this dumb joke. Here you go. Wow. Did you ever imagine in all your life that you would see a Mercedes fit inside the trunk of a Cadillac? The right. whole it's a, reason. It's a whole setup. Yeah, for two well, jokes. They have that one and also, wow, this Mercedes is out of gas yep. or something like yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. So so he's pretty good at delivering those jokes, though. Like, Is he? I, I, I think, I think <laughs> when you're in the 80s, you have to come down on one side or the other of the question, who's your Corey? Who yeah. do you like uh, between the Corys? <laughs> yeah. And for I, I noticed a lot of girls liked Corey Haim and a lot of guys liked Corey Feldman. And I think yeah. it's be- because he could deliver a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's I, – I, if you would have gone back in time and asked me which one I preferred, I would have liked Feldman then more mm-hmm. for, this, for probably that reason. I, yeah. re- I related to I, that. Is it I, – can I be too Corey? I like both Corys. No, it's fine. You can, can be too Corey. You can be equal. <laughs> no, no, like no you must pick one. Yeah. You cannot have both. He uh, When did he die? 2010, was it? Uh, Something like that. Twenty. Yeah, yeah something like that. about that time. He was only 38. That sucks. That freaking yeah. sucks. Uh, here's, um, yeah, what? Oh, here's, uh, oh, this, this is also something that stuck with me and drove me crazy. It's the drunk guy in the car. Now you might blame it that he was drunk, but I, I have issues with it. Here it is. Whoops. Here you go. That's life. That's yeah, go Sammy. I tell you. It's not Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, oh I love right. that that he yes. said that. Yeah. I was like, I, I saw that. I heard that. I'm like, no, nah, I'm chalking that up to, uh, oh. to being drunk. I'll go. I'll, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll allow it. Like I'm a judge. I'll right. allow this one, but yeah. it's annoys I me. Tell if it was because he was drunk or because they added the music later and he was just could be, you know, vamping oh, as an actor. That's a good point. Later, so I was like, I, I'm not sure. I didn't know who to blame. Yeah. I don't that's know. That's my good, problem. That's with a it. good point. That's my problem with it. It wasn't delivered well enough for me to know who to blame. But, right. Yeah, that was Frank Sinatra, you dumbass. All right, here's the well, worst yeah. worst barf sound in the history of this show, and I mean even compared to Barton Fink. <laughs> so I captured it. Here you go. <laughs> oh my god, dude. <laughs> pretty good. It's pretty good. Someone burped while pouring a can of vegetable soup <laughs> right. out next to a microphone. It's it's uh yeah it's That's it's clearly a cream of mushroom. Oh. <laughs> uh. Oh, so no, good. see, cream of mushroom, yeah, you'd have to mix it, though, right? Because the cream of mushroom yeah. came out in the can shape. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but that but is just so bad. Seriously, I want you to play it again, and I'm just going to burp and Bring pour out again, this Sam. can of soup. All right, here you go. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> it's so evocative. Oh, I don't like man. it. Yeah. We have reached peak film sack. Yeah, film sick is what it is. Um, yeah. All right, here's a... Oh, this is not a car tire sound also, but bug me. That's an airplane landing. There's no oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think that goes along with the joke that he makes. Oh, what airline is this? Oh, that's right. I forgot he said that. 
that yeah. guy. What the hell was that? That was the worst drunk man. I love that guy. And he was in he was in nothing else ever. Sure. He's, oh, he's got what, really? Speed, but right, right. Didn't I like actually, propel him into the stratosphere of stardom. I thought he at least had some bit roles on TV after that. I mean, no. he's competent enough. Was he? Was he? Uh, here's him again. Uh, again, it's just it was a weird. Gro- oh, here's he makes a groan sound that I really like. So here, it's a short one. Here you go. There you go. <laughs> Something about that. It's when he moved him off the the horn. It's really good. Um, woman in labor. Woman in labor. Woman in labor. All right, literally, literally, woman in labor. Uh, that's uh, that's it for your clips. Let's play this uh, thing here. It's the film shack. Shack. It's the film sack checklist. Film shack, <laughs> baby. Yeah, <laughs> that's where it's at. Uh, uh, Feldman being creepy. Check. Eighties movie where the cute girl uh, drives a cabriolet. Check. And finally, maybe a little better than it should be. Check. That's kind of where I feel about it. I think it's better right. than it should be. Uh, Star Trek stuff. There are a bunch of these. Uh, Parley Bear was Grandpa Anderson in Voyager. Okay. Played an old man in the episode Sacred Ground. <laughs> <laughs> Typecast. <laughs> yep, typecast. Grandpa, he's got a he's got a shuttle with Grandpa yep. fancy plates on. Old men. Yeah, at Grandpa hashtag. Um, let's see. At. Michael Enzen, he's school teacher and bus driver. Played various parts on TNG, DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise. James Avery was the DMV examiner and the dad on that other thing you talked about. Uh, the Fresh Prince. Uh, he was on Enterprise. Played General Kava in the season four uh, Star Trek episode Affliction. And divergence. I'm Klingon. Yeah, it's with Klingon. You're right. Interesting. Uh, was it a finalist to play Worf originally? He was supposed to be Worf oh, on really? uh, oh. TNG. Yeah. Oh yeah, him, uh, Schwarzenegger, and Stallone. Yeah, yeah we're finalists. So. <laughs> well, this one I could see. You know. Yeah. Nobody for sure. knew him then. Darn, it would have been great to have uh, to see Data do the Carlton. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos de, Mer- de Macera, La Camera. Sorry, a second cop played. An episode or on an episode of Improbable Cause on DS9 and Bernie Plock or Proc. Pock? Pock. He's dropout number well, one on. Uh, oh, these were dropouts, those guys that were yelling in the car. Oh, right. Oh, okay. All right. Those it, guys. Anyway, Star Trek V, he was a stunt rigger for the uh, Yosemite climbing sequence that was so bad. Uh, on TNG, played a holographic Aikido fighter in the episode Code of Honor. And finally, in uh, Star Trek VII Generations, he was a stunt double for Mr. William Shatner. Okay. And his and his last name is Klingon food. Yep, Klingon food. There you go. Well, nailed it. Now, Kaplock. Kaplock. One thing that this movie made me sad a couple of times, and one of the times made me sad was when uh, this past week when John Hillerman uh, passed oh, away. Because yeah. when I yeah. every time I saw those, yeah, every time I saw that Ferrari, which was a, a little bit earlier model than the one Magnum drove, but it reminded me of that 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 was uh, oh, that was well, right. not supposed to be. Did did we ever resolve in Magnum PI if uh, Hillerman's character was actually no no it's never everything? it's, it's he never resolved, resolved. No. he okay. was never Robin whatever his name was Robin's Robin right. Masters in fact they mm-hmm. uh, they present a different person as Robin Masters at some point and it only makes the question harder yeah. because you don't know whether or not that is the real thing or uh, Higgins has invented a you know right. a character. Yeah, what's mm-hmm. weird is in my mind, Hillerman, aka Higgins, died twice in my lifetime because I swear <laughs> he died some other time. And then when I heard this this week, I'm like, oh, what? He's Mandela effect. Yeah, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I might be thinking of the guy who was the voice of Kit 
Oh, right. yes, yes. But yeah. maybe he's still alive. For all, for all I know, but foresight. I, John foresight. Yeah. Are they? Is he? Wait. John foresight. Uh, is that it? Hold on. Oh no 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 no. John Forsythe was the uh, Charlie's Angels voice. Oh, right, it was right. Charlie. Oh, right. hello. Um, it's Charlie. Hello, Angels. And he is dead. Uh, <laughs> voice of Kit is Glenn, uh, do, uh, William, William Daniels. Daniels. And William he, Daniels. He is hey. still alive, <laughs> so he hasn't died. All right. And I can see he, he kind of does look like uh, He is 90 yeah. years old. Oh, yeah. 90 freaking years. He was also on St. Uh, Elsewhere, a great movie or show. And yeah. by the, you know, we could talk about the Mandela effect all day. I just want to declare I'm from the Bernstein Bears timeline originally. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> okay. Um, and I find it very strange. Yeah. It's a very, very strange thing. It really is. <laughs> that one is the most strange of all those Mandela things. Even the Mandela thing uh, that it's named after isn't as strange mm-hmm. as the Bernstein Bears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Berenstain. What the hell? If you is don't that? know what we're talking about, Berenstain. maybe look it up. It's fascinating. Yeah, look yeah. it up. Uh, or maybe it's not. Or maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> Soundtrack grade. I'm going to give this thing an E for 80s. As pretty 80s. E for 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I would have given it an eight for 80s, but any, you know. anybody pick any songs that they were like, "Wow, I haven't heard that in forever." Get out of no. my dreams. That one's a definitely that, one that, that, that one I've heard recently, but mm. uh, for me it was uh, "Touch and Go" by Femme Fatale. Oh, mm. anybody yeah. notice that one? No, no. I, I don't know if I know the song. Oh, you should uh, check it out on YouTube. Yeah, I will. All right. Uh, yeah, the rest of it was all kind of generic to me, but as soon as Billy Ocean kicks in i'm i'm all in <laughs> that's it exactly and i was wondering if this was the movie that that um uh that launched that song that, oh, that, possibly uh, sure. it. Yeah, yeah maybe there was another one we saw recently where i wondered out about another song and now i can't remember what it was it may have been that one where the lawnmower one with mm-hmm. uh patrick dempsey <laughs> i didn't realize the uh so the drive my car cover that they played at the beginning yeah. was by the uh the group called the breakfast club yes oh yeah yes. yeah mm-hmm. who are they yep. They, oh my uh, gosh! <laughs> yeah, I remember one album with just brightly colored uh, numbers on it, like the songs. Was it the songs were all numbers, or it was back? Got to get back. What the hell was that? I don't know. So um, I've never heard of this band. Were they? Na- they're not named after the movie because uh, the Breakfast yeah, Club. They are. Yeah, no, they, yeah, are. they are. Oh, they yeah, are. Okay. Are. All right. But even that soon, because that movie was only a couple years old at this point. Well, you can actually book them. Uh, their website yeah. breakfastclub.com we should have we should have booked them for the show yeah <laughs> which yeah. looks like their website looks like it was uh created during the dawn of the uh internet great. uh great 96 baby it's a good time to have yeah, your rotating uh, skull gifts and things it's super oh, hard God. to find other songs by the breakfast club because of the movie the movie obscures everything online yeah the seo on that must be rough <laughs> right uh, yeah name your band oh. something original people yeah. No, this is a uh, sorry. This is a tribute band that does nothing but '80s covers called The Breakfast Club. This is not nice. the oh, The Breakfast Club, not Breakfast Club. Which is right, no, right on no track. The... Right on track was the big single for uh, The Breakfast Club. Okay, okay, all right, that's well, fine. Uh, John Jellybean Benitez was uh, involved uh, with them. Oh yeah, that guy. Um, and hey. Madonna was the drummer originally. <laughs> oh really? Yes, I forgot about that. Really? Right, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. She's uh, she gets very excited. Hey, so let's uh move on. Let's do uh, <laughs> let's do the Twitter post. This is where you guys sum it up in 140 characters. I'm sorry, 280 characters or less. It happened, oh, by the way. Yeah. Full rollout. Everyone has 280 characters now, for better or for worse, on Twitter. Uh, I don't so. know. <laughs> <laughs> 
I barely have used more than 140, I think. But now all right. I have is a concentric circle that means nothing to me. So I don't really know what <laughs> yes. I've done. Anyway, uh, so sum this thing up in one circle or less. Let's start with Randy. License to drive. You'll fall in love with Carol Kane all over again in this allegedly classic Corey's movie that barely includes one of the Corey's. Rest in peace, Corey Haim. We didn't have to watch your face degrade in your 40s. Aww. Aww. That's a weird. Well, that's true. Sad. True. I'm actually going to be even meaner. So oh, I'm okay. okay with that. Oh, really? <laughs> Sweet. I've changed my Twitter post to license to drive. Now I'm sad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, then uh, let's go to the next guy here, Brian Dunaway. License to drive, like a horrible opening credit scene made with an Amiga, backed by a song performed by a band named Breakfast Club, starring some Corys. This movie is the 80s. Nice. All right. Very nice. Uh, and then finally, Brian Ibbett. License to drive. For Corey Haim, acting was like breathing. He did both through his mouth. Oh, nice. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Actually, that's, that's pretty good. That Damn. doesn't. I do not think that uh, besmirches his memory. I think that he just had a style, and you're and you're commenting on it. It's he fine. knew. He knew it. Yeah, he knew. He it. Knew Still it. though, you called him a mouth breather. That was amazing. <laughs> well, come on. <laughs> yeah, I guess you kind of did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well done. Well, uh, that means that uh, Scott's slow at clicking a button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, it's the alternate title just handed to me. This movie was almost called Doctor Jekyll and Mister Dad. So that was interesting. Mm. Uh, they didn't go that direction though. <laughs> and then lastly, Weekend at Mercedes because it reminded me of Bernie Ooh. while they were kind of propping oh, her up, butting her in yeah. the trunk oh, yeah. and everything. That's smart. She wasn't dead, but, you know, whatever. Now, for today's email, normally we get these emails, and we and this one came here as well, filmsack at gmail.com. Normally it's a written thing. But Jamie, who a lot of people may know from his uh, mashup work on TMS, the morning stream oh. podcast on the Farag Pants Network, uh, made a little something based on uh, one of us. And I'm going to play it, and you guys will figure out what it is. Uh, it's a short little thing, and I think you'll enjoy it. So here we go. No, no other uh, previews, no spoilers here. Here you go. Aloha, Scott. Brian, Brian. Did you know that I used to have a job training Rottweilers to perform complex cheerleading maneuvers for wealthy crime bosses? <laughs> yeah, but I used to be Alan Rickman's accent coach. This is a true story. Did you know that I used to play bass and sing backup vocals for Mozart's Ghost? No. Reminded me of how I used to be a professional front loader driver. Did you know that I used to run a manhunt outfit? Yeah. I used to be a Galaga champion. Did you know that I used to have a fun little internet business selling pregnancy test kit specifically designed to let you know whether you're pregnant with a half immortal being <laughs> reminded me of this great job i used to have shucking corn that's a true story i used to shuck corn i worked at cotton gin that also bought and sold grains you had to get a weight per bushel with it it's really hard on your hands did you guys know that i used to be a customer barker at a business in mexico did you guys know that i used to work as a professional beehive liner that summer i worked as a native american actor i had a job supplying bullets to people who gunfight a lot did you know that I used to work as a high school student in a ridiculous town where there was this haunted house? That was, damn it, this crappy movie broke my gag. <laughs> you should always have music accompaniment when you do your intros. Yeah. Because that really was totally. awesome. That was it, fantastic. Yeah. Is it okay that I'm laughing at myself? Yeah, that's no, oh, totally yeah. fine. It's okay. totally fine. We're so, all laughing at you. Yeah. Sometimes uh, you need Apparently, if, uh, if I talk for 500 hours straight, you can get about two minutes of funny stuff out of it. <laughs> I love it. That, and that feels like that feels like he, you know, he had uh um about two or three hundred shows that he hadn't done yet and yeah, he stopped. Right. He's like, all right, that's that's it's only a three minute 
green onion sung, man. I only had <laughs> what I, you know, people actually like just at BlizzCon last week, people were saying to me, you know, have I ever told you about the time? And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, okay, so it's great. I have a signature gag. But the problem is I there are certain things that I want to actually express about my actual history yeah. and I've ruined it. Like I can't the do like that the anymore. corn the corn shucking <laughs> one, if I remember correctly, was you trying to express to us that yes, no, I actually shucked corn yeah. for a while and, and we were and we didn't believe you. We we're like laughing it off. That's ah, another one of his things, but no, mm-hmm. you you yeah, chucked and there's corn. This, and there's this hand lotion called corn huskers, is is what I usually am trying to talk about because it's it's fascinating goop. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually it's actually really useful. Uh, and if you shuck corn, like the thing where you twist the corn and all the dry kernels come off, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about. Oh, Not yeah. pulling the shuck off, but sure. actually taking the like that. It's really hurts after a while. You can't do much of it. So oh, I love that. I played bass for the dry kernels. It was a good time in my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, well, there's the <laughs> there's your show, everybody. And if you'd like to send an email, we'll read normal emails next week. But uh, filmsack at gmail.com is where to send it. Speaking of next week, what is our next movie? I have no idea. Oh, right. So, so we have uh, some interesting upcoming films next week. We're going to watch Rounders. Mm. Yep, that's why, right. Why do I not know and what then, Rounders is? It's completely... uh, Matt Damon plays poker. Is that right? Is that sure. it? Okay. Sure. Uh-huh. Sure. Or, we oh, don't no, even know. Damon, it's a, uh, it's a famous next movie. week may not be Rounders. Uh, no, 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 we're definitely watching Rounders. Norton plays movie. poker. We right? don't yeah. even know what we don't even know what the movie is. Matt so Damon, Edward Norton, John Turturro, <laughs> Gretchen. Mall. Oh, John Turturro plays poker. Okay. John Turturro plays <laughs> poker. <laughs> Uh, I, think, I think all three of them. John Malkovich is in this. All right. Yeah. All the right. following week is the Coverville Coverthon. We're going to watch Ooh. Proof of Life, guys. Okay. Um, all right. I'm really excited. It's another film I haven't seen. And then, and then we're finally going to get to Catwoman. Oh, we did. Well, we she haven't will moved. Stop moving. Yeah, we've stopped moving. Catwoman. Sweet. So a cat. I can't wait to. Oh, I really can wait to see Catwoman. But whatever. <laughs> it's fine. We'll see it. Uh, we'll finally we'll finally swallow that pill. It's fine. Sometimes that's a, what's good for you is what's good some, for you. So. Some of us have never seen it. Some of us have uh, seen it for the rest of us. Yeah. And this is the, the Halle Berry deal, right? That's the only yep. Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Yep. That... Oh, yeah. Halle Berry. All right. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Rounders Wait, actually. Is, uh, is Catwoman actually on Netflix? Yes. yes. It does uh, at the moment. Are you sure? I see Catwoman, Catwoman is available on DVD only. Hold on. Ah. Okay, oh, guys. Oh no! Catwoman. Netflix moved Catwoman. Oh no! We've All moved right. Catwoman again. <laughs> I'm, I'm moving Catwoman, so it's going to be the, the Void. Actually, it's going to be the Void. <laughs> the Void is the movie. I've moved Catwoman. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. I have. So... One of these days, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is like like the fifth time or something. It's some crazy yeah. number of times this has happened. That's when nuts. when the Void started streaming in the summer. Uh, just a couple months ago, yeah. uh, the void starts streaming, and people were tweeting at us. You have to watch this movie on FilmSack. So yeah. we don't know why we're, we're going to watch the void. Yeah, this is a uh, looking here 2016 film. Yeah, with a whole bunch of people, no one knows. Uh, <laughs> so this will be one of those mystery ones that we just we don't know what we're getting into. But um, the, the anyway. cover looks interesting. The void has been compared next, it says to next the, week, the thing so uh, we all like the thing so why not why not why not do next the void? week next week is rounders watch okay. rounders friends yeah rounders then the void watch rounders friends also on netflix uh, if anyone gets a chance check out mark and russell's wild ride it was suggested uh, about right after i watched license to drive it's got that kid what is from the goldbergs uh, i want to watch it but i don't know if i want to watch it oh well. but it's supposed to be kind of like the same premise okay Maybe somebody will write in and say, tell you why or why not you should see it or shouldn't see it. 
Maybe we'll get that. Do it. Yeah. We'll see what we can get going there. Uh, thank you all for listening. Don't forget the uh, shit. <laughs> Where am I? I've lost my place. There it is. Uh, don't forget the don't the website forget. is uh, filmsack at gmail. Or sorry, filmsack.com. Film, filmsack at gmail.com is our email address, and you're welcome to use that at any time. You can find us on Twitter at filmsack. And of course, leave us reviews wherever you get your podcasts Google Play, iTunes, wherever. We'd love a little bit of that love. It's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. We'll see you next time. Bro. Bro. <laughs> This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Oh, jeez. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.